Allow me to share an incident from a few weeks back. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, October 21st, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 454. This is No Agenda. Suffering from disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. Here at the capital of the Bone Star State, we're in Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I've got a bell, I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> it's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, but wouldn't you much rather have disruptive mood dysregulation disorder? Doesn't that sound... Uh, yeah, is that another one that's on the list? <laughs> yeah, I've been looking at the DSM. <laughs> what, what does that one mean? Isn't it apparent? <laughs> disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. Well, I, I couldn't... I wasn't going to go right into it, but if you really want to know, sure, here it is. Um, some uh, Many experts feel children are misdiagnosed. Now, this is as they're putting together the DSM-5, I believe, and in fact suffer from disruptive mood dysregulation disorder instead of ADHD and ADD. Now it's DMDD, the new, still unofficially uh, unofficial disease currently is being debated for inclusion in the manual. However, there's no treatment yet. So, I mean, why even bother? No, there's no drugs, so why bother? <laughs> why bother putting it in? Is it? But I love that one. D, I've got DMDD, man. You know, i got to so try. So what is it supposed to be? Exactly what it says. Disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. It's not the same as ADHD, not quite ADD. It's DMDD. It's just, it's just a reason for a new drug. It's like they're holding up a sign. Uh, we think it's time for a new drug, everybody. Why don't you repackage some of that Haldol? This is, it's just, uh, just maybe just to mess with us, just to say, hey, you guys still awake? What? Is, okay. You don't understand? You don't understand that? Okay. So they're putting together the... No, no, the give psych- me an example of this d- disease. Well, it's very similar to ADHD and ADD, except they're now saying we may have been misdiagnosing these children because they might oh. actually have DMDD, which of course oh, I is. I thought they'd have DOA, DOPD, PQD. No, 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 no. You have to understand. They, this is a they. They think that now they may have been misdiagnosing all of these children. Which, of course, would be, it could have been hundreds of thousands of children who were receiving medication for uh, uh, attention deficit disorder when they, of course, obviously had disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. And that requires a whole different prescription. Can you give me the, uh, those, those letters again? Yes. DMDD is disruptive mood dysregulation, DYS regulation. Disorder. So it's uh, yes. Okay. Uh, disruptive mood deregulation. Disregulation. Disregulation. Yeah. I think it should be deregulation during the, the Reagan administration <laughs> no, for sure. No, it's dysregulation. Disruptive mood deregulation disorder. This <laughs> is what the problem that Bernanke has. <laughs> that's that's the Bernanke. The no, also known as the Bernanke disease. <laughs> So it's a form of pediatric bipolar illness known as BPI. <laughs> These guys kill me. I love it. It's a job for Haldol, no matter what. Uh, I was uh, 
I found uh, uh, this database. Maybe this is the one that Buzzkill Jr. told me about. It's the Arrowid Experiences Vault. Yeah, that's all these druggies. Uh, apparently, there's a large contingent of people <laughs> yeah. on the interwebs who yeah. like to just take drugs and then report back. Right, but this is an actual searchable database. Yeah, so, yeah. So if you want to take something, you go to this website, yeah. and it tells you what's going to yeah. happen to you. So I, I looked up Haldol, and apparently... And there's a bunch of guys... By the way, yeah. there's a bunch of guys in there that go, do not take this ever. <laughs> no, no, there's quite a few of those. In fact, I looked up Haldol, and uh, here it is. The entry is Haldol, body convulsions of death. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this sounds oh, like Oh, God. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. But do you remember one of the, one of the main uh, side effects of Haldol? And so this, so this guy is like, he, he, he was feeling kind of weird. I'll, just, I'll read from his entry. About halfway down, uh, he gets some chocolate cake from the, uh, from the fridge, and so he's tripping out. About three bites into the chocolate cake, my tongue began pushing against the back of my teeth, almost like I had bad cotton mouth. I would pull it back, and it would slowly edge forward until it was <laughs> pressing against my teeth. This is the, this is the snake-like uh, tongue movements. Feeling a bit strange, yeah. I went to my room to lay down. This is approximately 24 hours since I had taken the Haldol. Upon arriving in my room, I was unable to sleep because of the un- involuntary movements of my tongue. I drank some water and tried to relax. But it was getting worse. Now my tongue was pushing past my teeth and protruding from my mouth. I would have to forcibly pull it back and lock my jaw down. Then I began to get a little scared. Yeah, no shit. I decided to try to completely relax and maybe I could go to sleep with my tongue stuck out. My tongue continued to push out until it stretched to the point it was painful. <laughs> this is great. God. I began to panic. Yeah. And it forced it think. and forced it back in and clenched my jaw shut. After clenching my jaw for about 10 minutes, my neck began to slowly bend to the right, much like my tongue. I was unable to stop its movement or hold my head up straight any longer than a few seconds. Now I'm in my room by myself. My tongue is stuck all the way out. My head is crushed into my shoulder, and I'm crying because it feels like I'm about to break my own neck from the force of the muscles clenching. This lasted for four hours. (laughs) I can't wait to try it. (laughs) This is fantastic. Fantastic. Anyway, hey, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Uh, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet in the air. Also, good, an, a good in the morning to our knights out there who have uh, supported the show for so well. Oh, we uh, highly appreciate that, of course. And uh, once again, Martin JJ uh, clocked in with the art for uh, the previous episode, 453. And I'd like to say a hearty in the morning to everybody in the chat room. All of our human resources there lined up, ready to go, all charged up and already Thinking about trying their own dose of Haldol at uh, noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com. And so my Twitter got hacked. Oh, your Twitter got hacked. Yeah, that happened this morning. That happened to me about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I know exactly what happened, too. It's so dumb. I was looking at uh, Instagram because this is now, this is like uh, kids say, uh, the only social platform I use is Instagram. I swear when to God, kids can go, <laughs> yeah. can go jump off a bridge. No, that's what I. No, man, I don't do Twitter or Facebook. The only social platform I'm on is Instagram. Uh, but of course, you're living in Connecticut. What kids are you talking to? Man, my daughter and her friends. 
I know. Don't talk like Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> no. Twerps? No. I'm um, emphasis added for entertainment on the on the podcast, oh, okay. and uh, but of course it's all plugged in through their Facebook and whatever, so it kind of flows through. And so now I'm on this, and I'm following a couple of her friends, and um, and it's basically just pictures, and then you know, and then maybe a little comment or something. And there was uh, one of her friends had posted, "I have naked pictures of Justin Bieber." I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm game. So I click on the link and then it says, oh, no, you have to go to this link uh, uh, through Twitter. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm such a I'm, and I'm this, you shouldn't be putting this out there as this is this is going to embarrass It is embarrassing. No, but that's OK, because I'm OK to be embarrassed. But people need to know that even I can fall for this. I'm like, this, I'm like, this is these kids. They maybe actually do have naked pictures of Justin Bieber. That would be funny. Look, and I'm you're always, just got to see what <laughs> Bieber looks I'm like. investigating for the uh, show. Now I know why his last name's Bieber. <laughs> I'm investigating for the show. And then it pulls up a Twitter screen and says you got to log in. And, oh. and I know, I know. And as I'm doing it, and as, and as and I'm doing it on my phone, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, I should. Uh, I hit it. Oh, wait a minute. What, are you a psycho? You're you're typing an in and you're I'm saying an to yourself, stop. I stop. couldn't. I couldn't. My tongue, my tongue extended so far it hit the button. By the way, that reminds me of, I think we've talked about this maybe two or three years ago, and I'll bring it up again. There is a phenomenon, and it's been discussed uh, in, in the media and it's elsewhere. There are people that, uh, you know, that phishing thing, you can say, click here, and they will just have, they feel that they're obliged to do it. It's, a, it's almost like a compulsion. And that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of zombie bots are planted through these, you know, it's just a weird phenomenon. You, you get yourself into a situation you can't not click yes. Yeah, well, the, in, but it, it could was, be Tourette's. It, <laughs> it could be. Ah, if only they had a cure for that. But the it's a it's maybe hopefully a little bit understandable because it was a new it's a whole new thing. I'm just you know, yeah. But wait, wait, hold on a second. Back up. Yeah. You knew at the time that you were doing this that this possibility existed. Why didn't you go change your password immediately on Twitter? Uh, I did, but they had already sent out a link. That's how quick it went. Holy crap, you're kidding. Yeah, like a diet link. And, of course, here's the funny thing. A diet link. People who follow me are like, hey, man, I thought it was weird you were sending out a diet link. Like, they're so gullible, they clicked on a diet link from me? Seriously? <laughs> Here, let me, let me give you the, let me tell you what the tweet was. It was pretty funny. Um, it's so obvious that you would never, ever click on this coming from me. Uh, hold on. Um... It was, oh, so this Twitter thing. Do you find it slow sometimes? No. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, this Not is, after I erased the uh, Zoom program. <laughs> well, this, is the fa this is the fastest, all caps, way to shed body fat in two weeks. Come on, people. you got to know that that's not me. <laughs> and like so you want to hear some of the some of the responses so people can laugh at me but the people <laughs> who clicked on it are just as silly let's see um uh, let me see. Uh, did you get hacked adam curry uh hey you have really strange tweets you're sending out hey man <laughs> that link you sent is not safe according to chrome uh that's hey. the guy who's the gullible guy, that guy. There's, but there's a couple of them. A couple of them. Ah, you sent out a site considered by Twitter to be unsafe. Yeah, 
Okay. As if you had done it. Yeah. Now, let me offset all of this. Let me offset that idiocy by saying that yesterday I passed my uh, ham exam. Uh, okay. What's your, uh, did you get your call letters? No, not yet. I think it uh, comes in the mail, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and here's what was cool. Cause I went for the, uh, the technician uh, test. This was, by the way, yeah. this, this was hilarious, John. Where, when you took your test, what kind of people were at the test? Well, there was about uh, 20 people. Uh-huh. And they were all about uh, 60 years old. Right. So I had the same guys, except they were from Texas. And, and of course, there's five of them sitting up there, kind of like on a dais, because you have to have... Right. A, there's, a, there's a group at the, at the top. <laughs> and when you turn your questions in, you do it to one of the guys. and They and check they, it all. And they never tell you what you got wrong, though. I know. I, but, but so first of all, there's the five guys, and they're all, you know, seasoned hams, and they have badges, you know, with like... They're you know, all experts. Yeah. They, they're the extra hams, they're, the guys v, who... They're VEs, They're the John. top-notch the, hams. They're the, they're the, the grand poobahs of hamdom, is what Did they Did any of those guys know who you were? Absolutely not. No clue uh, whatsoever. Two of them knew me. And, um, and so there's maybe five people taking a test. And I'm the only newbie, and um, and and you know it's it's always a, and they're not quiet during the test. They're talking to each other and they're walking around. Did you have the same thing? There wasn't like no order whatsoever. There's, no, oh, no, and, I didn't have that. And effect. I was t- taking the test, and people were coming in, and they were late, and then they started late. And this guy, one guy, was juggling. I swear to God, I'm taking the test. He's <laughs> juggling. He's juggling. And the other guy's like, "Well, that's cool. Can you do three? Can you do four? Can you do five? And then one guy, and th- I'm taking the test. And he says, hey, do you know what DNA stands for? This is the level of, uh, of humor. So do you know what DNA stands for, John? Uh, no. What, Adam? No. Well, no what for, does no, DNA stand well, for? Well, first of all, of course there was a guy there who actually knew what the abbreviation DNA uh, stands for, which is... Uh, the deoxyribonucleic acid or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And then he said, nope, that's not what it stands for. And he says, well, what does it stand for? Uh, National Dyslexic Association. <laughs> that is actually quite funny. And I'm taking the test. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this. This, this is actually going on. <laughs> but you have to have. When the, the guy says yes. That's deoxyribonucleic acid, and the guy goes, nope, that's National Dyslexic Association. I'm like, oh jeez, okay, <laughs> exactly. I'm like tripping out. So I hand in my my test. That's a distraction, somebody. <laughs> I hand him my test. The guy goes, oh, man, you almost aced it, just had one wrong. You should do the general. I'm like, I didn't study for the general test. He says, you should do it anyway. It didn't cost anything. Yeah, it's true. So, But I had, I literally had not looked at the general test. So I sit down, and I'm like, oh, my God, if I'd only looked at the test, I could have aced this one, too. And, yeah, you know, the general's not that hard. Yeah, so I, I got like 15 wrong or something. So I didn't pass that, but I'll go back in a month and... I mean, come on! This is this is this is almost like getting your pilot's license. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. And now, I immediately, I wanna I wanna get on the stick. You know what? I can't I can't be talking yet. I'd have to wait for my call sign. Uh, but I've already I already figured out. I've got a repeater right here in Austin, which I can access. It, and yeah, it, but on what system? I, I can get right into Winds. I've been listening to Winds uh, all uh, all last night. I was listening to the Winds system. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I can get right in. Uh, now, of course, we could do the po- next podcast over the winds <laughs> system on on on, uh, on the ham uh, uh, on the I don't know. It's, I think the uh, point seven or something. Oh, on the channel seven, you mean? So no, nine two one zero seven. 
No, no, no. The uh, 400 uh, megahertz or whatever that. Oh, but that's that's just your local node. I'm actually it's actually being routed. No, I know my local node. I'm just saying you whatever your whatever you can plug into. I mean, right. there's a, it's going to be some VHF. Right, but we have to frequency. But, but that's all over over stuff. We got to have full duplex. No, 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 not on winds. Yes, winds is is. What are you talking about? I've, 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 I've been gone on and off and on. You just yak like normal, and you just wait for somebody to come back to you. Right, but you don't you, go you, over. I've never no, heard anyone no, say but over. I mean, you have to unkey the microphone. You don't keep oh. keying the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. So we we need a full duplex system, but I think but I it would be pretty easy for us to set that up. Maybe. I don't think it's I think it I don't think it's allowed to do our show on the ham bands. Yeah, it is as long as you're not playing government music. regulations. Here's my here's my favorite question. And it's on the, the technical test, the technician test, as well as the general test. When is it allowed to play music uh, on uh, on any frequency? Do you as far know? as I know, never. Ah, ooh, 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 ooh. Yes, it's allowed when you're retransmitting a broadcast from mission control to astronauts in space. <laughs> because they have oh, to play yeah, the stupid true. songs to wake them up in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually a rule. That. That's a rule now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be all the. Hey, I'm monitoring, John. Uh, what are you? What are you, you, you should be. What? Yeah, you could probably get into this and get one of those. Get one of those huge antennas and get down to that extremely. <laughs> Long wavelength stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I, I got to do the 30, 30 meters or whatever and have a full. Yeah, where all the old codgers are. Yeah, and have a full uh, full wavelength antenna. Where are you? I'm in, I'm in Brussels. <laughs> Probably talk to Pelsmachers. <laughs> no, then, of course, hey, ma'am, I'm talking to Brussels in 500 milliwatts with CW. That's no, how you it do wouldn't it. be milliwatts. It'd be you'd be at, no, you'd be at no, some no. fifty thousand. If you're using CW, if you're using oh CW, Morse doesn't code, make any difference, right? Right. Then, then you're you know like your your bandwidth is go there. I can't imagine that. I heard a guy boasting about just that last night. He's like, "Yeah, I try to make it on five hundred milliwatts to Brazil on CW, <laughs> one hundred fifty hertz <laughs> bandwidth." I'm like, <laughs> uh, I got nerd points though. Got big nerd points on all that. So. Uh, and I'll do the general. That'll be fun. And then I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Now I've figured out how these repeaters work. It's cool. But, but he's a monster. But basically Leo was bad enough. Oh, he does. He's never on it. He doesn't even do anything. He never CQs. He's got his license. He got this huge rig in his place up there. Holy mackerel. Really? He's got like a whole shack. He's got like some old, somebody, a bunch of guys donated this stuff. Oh, really? He got like free stuff. Yeah, but it's not Aww. just free stuff. Aww. He's got like an old AM transmitter from KSFO that's been rigged to b- run on ham. It's got like <laughs> glowing tubes and it's unbelievable. It's like and a, it's all been refurbished, so it looks like it's brand new from 1932. It's like a TSA body scanner, is what you're saying? It's just glowing. No, in no, there? it's really no, it's Aww, it's well, really that's hot lame. Well, he's got an old, he's got, somebody gave him one of those, remember those old boards you used to have with those giant pots? Heath kit? Huge knobs. Like a Heath kit? 
No, I'm talking about the in the radio station. There's all radio station stuff. Oh, 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 oh I mean, you know, like the mixer board. You mean the the big old fashioned with the, with the big, the big audition old fashioned with the giant the, pot yeah. and the two giant <laughs> VU meters and the and the and the switch under each pot, which means audition or program. Exactly. <laughs> He's got one. I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. You're gonna look at it. And I'm go, jealous. Oh my God. I'm jealous. The thing looks like it was just manufactured yesterday. By the way, I used to, I've I've done shows on those. And, and then you yeah. had, and then you had the turntable, which um, had like a gear shift. So you'd cue up the record, and you'd flip the gear shift. And go, uh, and no, it, most of most of the uh, here in the U.S. of A., we did it all with with uh, felt pads and sliders. No, 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 no. That was after the big uh, the big gear shift. I I use this in Salem, West Virginia. I use this at WITB. Yeah, yeah. I've never used one with the big gear shift on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, and uh, they would always all, all I knew was slip queuing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we used to build our own where we we built a we'd take apart a relay, and you take it out of the plastic housing, and uh, you'd put the slip mat in between the, uh, the the you know the the contacts of the relay, and then you'd jerry rig a micro switch in into your mixing board. So when the pot was closed, the 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 fader. It would uh, uh, actuate the, uh, the the magnetic coil in the relay, and it would snap closed on the slip mat. So when you opened wow. up that fader, then it would immediately start You're the on record. Your way. Yeah, we used to build those ourselves. <laughs> oh, God, hello everybody! You thought that the ham radio stuff was nerdy? Wait until you hear about this. Yeah. And well, back to the show. Yeah, we can, no, no. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, on Friday, no. I'm now. You know, I'm I'm really living in Austin. Uh, that I've really settled down because not only did I get my ham license, because you shot an Indian. <laughs> uh, one of our producers, Charlie Thompson, um, who uh, has been listening for quite a while, and he's a uh, this is great. He's a uh, a semi-retired chip designer. Um, he took me up flying and introduced me to everybody in Austin Aviation. So now I can, you know, start flying around again. I know where to rent a plane, really cheap. And uh, it, was, it was, it was this. This is so awesome. You know, you've been to Austin Bergstrom Airport, right? Yeah, big airport, and it's a professional yeah, airport. It's not. You know, the problem. Let me give a pet peeve out. So you know, they had a really nice airport in Austin. Before they built this monstrosity that you're bragging about, it was a cool little place. It's very much like the uh, the the airport in Hilo, Hawaii, or some you know very quaint. And it was, of course, on the uh, it was a kitty corner to the other side of town. It was I thought, you know, it's just way it's not even where the new airport is. And so when they built the new airport, and I went there, I figured it was where the old airport was, like they did at Oakland, for example, when they had an old airport, they built a new one right next door. So, and I knew my way around Austin pretty well. So I started driving, and I'm somewhere toward Waco. (laughs) By the time I figure out that I'm, because I'm supposed to be going in one direction, but I'm going in the opposite direction thinking that's the way to go. You went the wrong way, yeah. Yeah. And I and I had to get, I got a message, how the hell, and it took me actually a while. I finally ran into a cop. I said, yeah, I got yeah, the airport. Yeah. He says, oh, yeah, oh, no. another one. Okay. Apparently, this happens to a lot of people. Okay, so, so yeah, so that's your pet peeve, whatever. 
Uh, Austin Burks from airport, I don't like the new airport, which is 20, 20 minutes from downtown. It's very professional. We can have, you know, 747s as long as you don't try to hook up to a gate. Um, yeah, but we've got Southwest American. It's big. It's, it's, a, it's a big regional hub. And, uh, and of course, you know, they've got the naked body scanners and they've got their TSA and everything. So you go to the south side of the airport uh, which is the executive, uh, you know, the general aviation. And there's uh, basically two FBOs, two field-based operators. You've got Signature Air and then um, Atlantic Aviation. And, and you just walk in, you say, hey, and you just walk right through, right onto the tarmac. You know, and, and I swear to God, there's there's good old boys with their shotguns, putting them in, in the back of their uh, Cessnas, uh, getting ready for a, for a weekend hunting trip, you know, on the tarmac. You know, so I could have just walked through there with my stinger, you know, knelt down and shoot me a Southwest jet out of the air. The whole security theater on the other side is just laughable when you see how laid back and easy it is. You know, like, yay, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm just going to walk over here. Yeah, yeah, that's good. No safety jackets, no yellow jackets, no passes, none of that. Just go to the airplane, whatever you want. Love that. Well, that's good. Yeah. The way it should be. Exactly. And anyway, so it was really great. Charlie flew me around. We looked at the uh, the Formula One track, which of course is going to be used uh, in about uh, what is it about f- in a month from now, less than a month from now. Yeah, that'll be a zoo. Oh, it's going to be uh, pretty funny. And uh, we flew me. Flew I wonder me how the Euro trash is going to react to uh, the city of Austin. Oh, well, the city of Austin is not ready. They have no clue. They do not understand what the Euro trash wants. They have no clue. Now, they'll be ready next year, but this year, they're going to be like, what? You, you <laughs> what want a $1,000 bottle of Moe Chandon to spray over these people? What? what? You ain't going to drink it? What? No. No, they have no idea. The W Hotel is clueless. Clueless. And they think that they're going to have they have a helipad next to the W. Like, yeah, we're, gonna, you know, <laughs> we're, we're pretty sure some people will want to take a helicopter out. Um, dude. You need the big Sikorsky 25-person helicopter. You have no idea what these people are going to demand. Anyway, it's funny. It'll be good for Austin. They'll learn a lot. It'll be interesting. So um, but, but so I, I thought it was quite good of myself that I had not mentioned the flying until after I'd flown. But that was good for the continuation of the show. <laughs> yes, I keep it that way, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, you will never hear that I'm going flying. You will only hear if I went flying. <laughs> it's their favorite method. Oh, so sorry. Oh, geez. Well, yeah. Well, just some kind of technical problem. Yeah, they ran out of gas. They, uh, <laughs> something was wrong with the motor. <laughs> yeah, that is the technical description. Something wrong with the motor. Well, if you had just tuned in, you are listening to... The best podcast in the universe. Or, as Governor Romney would say... No agenda for the future. No agenda for for America. No agenda for the second term. <laughs> did you catch that bit? Yeah, I, I did. Actually, it. I never clipped it, but I heard it. When I heard it, I said, ah. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't clip it either. And yes, I'd I'm seen sure like somebody a million. Yeah, someone sent it to me. And I heard like, you know, I got like a million emails saying, oh, man, he said no agenda. And we get a lot of these where someone says, he must be listening to the show. Like, no, he's not <laughs> listening want, to the show. He's not listening to the show. I don't show. even look at those when people say, hey, this, you know, like fill in the blank uh, uh, politician must be a no agenda listener. 
No. Yeah. yeah there just, are no politicians <laughs> in this country that listen to no agenda. None. <laughs> it's not happening. Oh, the chat room. Who said this? Hellhound. And they'd be annoyed if they did. Uh, we're so sorry to report that Adam Curry accidentally walked into the propeller. <laughs> <laughs> you got him by the legs. Yeah, I got him. I got, I got his arms. Hey, what are you guys doing? One, Beat him in. two, three. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And in, in the midst of all that, I also uh, was able to work on the show, found quite a lot of interesting little uh, things going on. But I see that you've done the same. You've come in with a uh, uh, quite a, a nice amount of, um, of clippage, which uh, always excites me. Well, let, can, let me go through one of them right off the bat, which is, and, I, and this is one of the, I took a bunch of the CCTV shows and I put together a, what amounts to a narrative. Oh. And, and you can conclude for yourself what's going on. A narrative, but, does that mean like kind of a storyline? There's a storyline, uh, when you play clip. We'll do a clip, and then we'll say, okay, there's that, and then it would, it would, you would set them up so we know that these are separate clips so you can okay. kind of understand how the story is slowly developing. And then you can conclude for yourself what's going to happen, but I think it's it's pretty obvious. Do you remember on the last show we talked about how uh, the U.S., or it was maybe the show before that, the U.S. and Japan were doing these joint operations? Uh, uh, yes, yes, uh, joint uh, naval operations, I believe. Yes, to, prov- to to retake an island. Yes, an, uh, an island which was not mentioned in the report. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, the Japanese, of course, are having conflicts with two different countries about these islands. So let's start with this narrative. There's only five clips here, but I think you can come to some sort of conclusion of what might be going on if you play them in order. Start with number one. Japanese media says the Japanese and U.S. governments have decided to cancel their planned joint military exercise on an uninhabited island in Okinawa Prefecture. The exercise had been planned for November the 5th. It was designed to simulate the coordination of forces to recover an island occupied by an enemy. <laughs> and this had been the first planned Japan-U.S. full-scale joint island recovery exercise held on a Japanese island. It said the cancellation of the drill has been called by Japan's Prime Minister Yoshihiko Noda. Okay, let me just see if I have this right. Uh, in case there would be, I'm going to write this down for a minute. In case there would be an island that would need to be, it was occupied and need to be uh, liberated. Okay, I've got it. I'm, 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 my interest is piqued. Okay, well, so then we go to clip number two. Japan's defense ministry says it's increased the number of fighter jets deployed towards China and Russia since July. Japan's air self-defense force scrambled its planes more than 50 times from July to September, more than three times the number in April to June. Japanese jets were scrambled over 200 times from April to September as a precaution against approaching foreign aircraft, the highest number in 10 years. It intercepted Russian planes 134 times in the six-month period. The two countries have a territorial dispute over four islands called the Northern Territories by Japan and the South Kurils by Russia. Hmm. Oh, the plot thickens. So we move on to three. Okay, to number three. Germany has given Japan the cold shoulder on the Daoyu <laughs> Islands issue, just as the British and French did earlier this week. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, the, 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 
The Bukake Islands. The, da- the Dalyu Islands, what do you call it? That's what the Chinese call them, the Daoyu or whatever they call them. Right, And the right. Japanese have southern. So apparently the, one of the Japanese foreign ministers, somebody went over to Europe and nobody would meet with <laughs> Like We're not interested. We're giving you the cold shoulder. Yeah, okay. so we move on to narrative point number four. Um, wait, didn't I? Oh, yes, number four. Here we go. A team of seven naval vessels from the North China Sea fleet has completed a 17-day training and arrived in East China's Qingda City. Qingda. During the training, Chinese marine forces entered the waters near the Daoyu Islands for the first time. The vessels conducted anti-piracy drills, international aid, anti-submarine and air defense drills. Missile destroyers and comprehensive supplement ship, the Hongzhou, took part in the event hmm so this wasn't covered much in the mainstream media on our side <laughs> no we had the binders of women is what i recall we had binders of women meanwhile so the japanese canceled their exercises but the chinese went ahead with theirs and so the kicker becomes uh clip number five and Japan has refused to join a UN initiative led by 16 countries to make atomic weapons illegal. <laughs> Japan's Kyoto News Agency says the 16 nations drafted a statement for submission to the first committee of the UN General Assembly that calls on all states to intensify their efforts to outlaw nuclear weapons and achieve a world free of nuclear weapons. Japan, the only country to have ever come under nuclear nuclear attack has refused to back the initiative after being asked to endorse it earlier this week. Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, remember those, uh, that like Nagasaki and Hiroshima stuff? Now, we think we'll, we'll kind of like uh, be on the lookout for, you know, that. Wow. Yeah, that's... So there's your narrative. Now, that's... if you can't figure out what might possibly happen in this situation... <laughs> Wow. It doesn't look like a lot of fun. Or as we say, what po- what could possibly go wrong with this scenario? <laughs> Just can't imagine. Wow. And that was on uh, China TV. Yeah, of course the Chinese have a have a you know a dog in the hunt. Yeah. But uh, it was pretty. When I I started picking up on this and I went back and I picked, pulled pull these clips together because it sounds like you know this sounds like they're building up. I yeah. mean, and now there's. You know, they're going to know poo-poo the, the nuke thing. Uh, it's not good. No. Wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. That That's... Uh... We, we need to rearm Japan. That's what we need. You don't th- rearm they- the Germans, rearm Japan. What could go wrong? Do you think that, do you think that they uh, are not armed at all? They must have something already. No, no. They got all these. They they have these fleet. No, they got a, a navy. Right. It's minor, but small, but they have one, and they can mm-hmm. build ships if you, you know, haven't ever noticed. I mean, for a while, they were the biggest shipbuilders in the world. Yeah. And then they've got a bunch of our uh, our uh, uh, jets. Now, this possibly could be, you know, we could be fomenting all this just to sell more arms because the new jets are really expensive. Uh, well, this does seem like a, like a, a pretty uh, pretty decent idea considering our, our economy is based upon selling uh, death machinery. Yeah. I saw on this morning uh, there was a conversation... I want to say maybe it was CNN. They were talking about how awesome the awesomely low the unemployment rate is in Virginia, which apparently is like five, <laughs> uh, 5%. Like, yeah, okay. It's Virginia. It's where the entire military industrial complex lives to then go into the Pentagon and all the surrounding areas to go work on this stuff. 
Like, yeah, no wonder the unemployment is low. And, and of course, everyone there is on antidepressants. Virginia is for lovers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, let's uh, thank our uh, producers. I think we I think we have two. Yeah, we have two and one, apparently. I, I didn't see on the original spreadsheet, but I guess Sir Gene yes, Neftuliev uh, gave you $200. Yes, he did. Uh, yesterday, oh. he... Um, uh, we after our farmers market um, shopping extravaganza, uh, we sat down with uh, with Mike and Jane Malaro, uh, who are Austin based producers. Uh, Mike, of course, made the John C. Dvorak head on a stick uh, that we took around uh, the country on our uh, Hot Pockets tour, and uh, so uh, they just got married. So they just come back from uh, from their wedding and honeymoon in the Cook Islands. Oh, the Cook Islands! Yeah. People love the Cook. He Islands. said, well, and they said they had like a cabin for like. You know, fifty bucks a night, right on the beach. Yeah, which apparently, and I guess it's like nine hours from L.A. or something. It's, they look like they had a really good time. And not only that, but there's something in that there's some angle of the sun or something. You get this uh, really unusual looking tan that's very attractive. Yeah, ex- now it's funny that you say that because Jean, uh, Jean, Jane, <laughs> Jean also looked attractive, but Jane looked smoking hot. I, I I don't know what it was, but I guess it was the angle of the sun. Uh, actually, Mike looked pretty hot too. There's a. There, I ran into a guy who's a Cook Island aficionado. This is a weird story, but a Cook Island aficionado. A Cook Island who likes expert. to have a certain look to his tan, and he goes to the Cook Islands just to get this look. Really? Okay. Well, he told me that's that's where I got the idea. He says he says the Cook Islands. He says are they really? you get this this weird tan that you can't get any place else in the world. He says I just go there to look like this, Funny. and he looked good. Yeah, no, they both look really good. That's interesting. Okay, well, I, now I'm sorry that we discussed this on the show because Ms. Mickey was already like, "Hey, I like that a sound. They look so healthy, don't you think?" By the way, she she talks like uh, uh, Marge, Simpson. like an old woman, like Marge, Marge Simpson. Hey, she looks so healthy, don't you think? Ah, let's go to the Cook Islands. But uh, so yeah, you two should go to the Cook Islands. And well, I don't I'm know. Sure the- yeah, connectivity sucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so, Sir, Sir Gene uh, came down uh, uh, from Dallas, and he had a uh, a meeting uh, in uh, in um, in Austin. Uh, he seems to have meetings from time to time here, and he gave me an FBI Dallas hoodie and an FBI F- Dallas hoodie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh huh. Nice. Yeah. And uh, you remember uh, what he asked last time when he donated? No. Oh yeah, you do. Okay, what he says? You have to play the uh, the Atlas Shrugged jingle. What about it? What? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> By Ayn Rand. By Ayn Rand. <laughs> By don't when he donates, that's all he wants. He doesn't want karma. Doesn't want anything else. He just wants the the jingle to be played. Yeah, well, he'll be the associate executive producer for show four five four, and it's surprising that nobody came up with a four five four, which is a nice. Um, palindrome but nobody did not only but, that but, our, but, but did you notice that the date i is is interesting it's uh one zero if, if it depends on which way you do it but it's one zero two one two zero one two it's all twos it's all zero ones and twos in the date yeah it's very weird yeah no one no one came up with that okay well that's what happens well, i don't know well we should have come up with it <laughs> and maybe, but our actually our executive producer is rob king who uh, came in with two hundred twenty dollars and eleven cents? We have no. Uh, we're losing out here for some reason. Our people are not interested in becoming the executive producer of the show, but he becomes that by by just because by default. He had more. By default. by default. Yep. 
and he's in Port uh, Port Coquitlam in uh, British Columbia, which I believe is by Spuzzum. Spuzzum? Yeah, Spuzzum. Is that above Jism? Sorry? Nah, never mind. I don't know where Spuzzum is. It's a, it's a very cosmopolitan town in British Columbia. Hmm, okay. Well, so it's short. Everyone in B.C. knows where Spuzzum is. It's short, but it's sweet. And um, even though it's uh, two, and uh, we're always very, very happy to receive any kind of support. And fr- quite frankly, I think we're amazed from time to time uh, that, uh, that our product is good enough for you to feel that it has the value that you place upon it. And we're very, very appreciative of that. So uh, our... Uh, Associate Executive Producer and Executive Producer, Sergene and Rob King, thank you very much. And if uh, you, uh, you know, while you're considering uh, supporting the best podcast in the universe, of course, you can always go out and, uh, well, do this, propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So the president had his, uh, did his uh, weekly YouTube address, uh, which, as you know, I watch religiously. Let me see how many people watch that today. Hold on a second. YouTube.com slash White House. I mean, because, of course, the only people who could be watching it are, I mean, do you think citizens watch it? Or is it just, uh, see how many... Oh, 7,000. Nobody watches oh, no, no, it, but you no. and some agencies from overseas. 7,000 views. Seven, that's a lot, actually. So let's uh, listen to the opening, shall we? Hi, I have a Barney the Doll singing that's got over 2 million views. <laughs> hi, everybody. I, I got to get back into my Obama thing. Hello, everybody. Hey, hi, everybody. Yeah, you've, lo- you've actually kind of lost it. Hi, everybody. I got to practice. Well, let's see. Let's see. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Mm-hmm. In recent weeks, you might have noticed something. Or maybe oh. you heard the sound of it. Have you heard uh-huh. the sound? Oh, have you heard the sound of it? Yeah, I have. What could the sound? What could the sound be, John? I don't know, but it, it doesn't closer. sound good. <laughs> New homes are going up. Oh! In fact, construction oh, we heard the sound of hammers being nailed. What's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. On new homes in America at the fastest pace in more than four years. At the same time, more homes are being sold. Home values are back on the rise, and foreclosure Bull. filings are at their lowest point in the five years since the housing bubble burst and left millions of responsible families holding the bag. It's a miracle. It's just a miracle. I, I mean, it's if you, also bogus. If you just listen, do you hear that? I can hear the sound of houses being built. That's right. So, th- so that I thought that was funny, but then I saw uh, both uh, the president and the uh, and the ex governor. At this thing called the Al Smith Dinner. Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking he actually. Uh, now I, I got I got a clip each from each of them. I, I figured okay, because it's funny because I looked at this and it was on uh, C-SPAN. I'm like, oh, John's going to clip that, and then I thought, you know what? Somehow I have this weird feeling you're not going to do it. And I you was know, right. I actually have a clip of clips, and I just didn't. I just I don't know. I just didn't do it. I, no. I think it was a mistake. I think so, too, because uh, so what is the history behind this Al Smith? I never heard of the Al Smith dinner until this year. That's the history of it. Really? No, that can't be, because 
I, no, I, it is. No, no, no. The history of it. That's my history of it. I don't know what the history of it is. I'm just telling you, I've never heard of the Al Smith dinner ever. We have been doing this show for almost five years. We celebrate our fifth anniversary on the 26th of October. The same day Windows 8 comes out, by the <laughs> I, way. I know. I'm like, oh, crap. We're going to be snowed under. No one will be talking about our anniversary. It's all going to be Windows 8. Um, and I don't recall ever talking about this Al Smith dinner either. Let me just say, it's the, Al, Al, the Alfred E. Smith Memorial Foundation Dinner. Um, it's held at the Waldorf Astoria in New York on the third Thursday of October. And it started in 1945, one year after this Al Smith guy died. Who was Al this guy? Smith was a, he was a uh, candidate for president. Um... You can look him up. Yeah, no, but I just don't understand why. I mean, is this like some kind of Bilderberg elitist thing? That they, and they all have to wear hey. a, It's white tie. This is the thing that's even more annoying. Yeah, it's white tie. It's white tie. Anyway, so uh, and the idea is it's kind of like, well, actually, as I was watching, and, um, and as I was watching this, I kind of got angry because um, all of the press is there because I, uh, I saw Jake. Tapper was tweeting, and everyone's tweeting from the, oh, 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 oh the president made a funny, oh, 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 Romney said something very humorous, oh, oh, oh. but the things they're actually <laughs> saying shows you how the press is, and the elites are laughing at us cannon fodder while making jokes about it in private. I'll, I'll give you a few examples. Um, let's start with um, uh, the president. Now, uh, win or lose... Uh, this is my last political campaign, so I'm trying to drink it all in. Uh, unfortunately, Mayor Bloomberg will only let me have 16 ounces of it. <laughs> See, when I hear that, they're all laughing because like, yeah, we're cutting the slaves off. <laughs> no drink for you. You know what I mean? You can see it as funny. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. I Here's the problem I have. First of all, uh, and written by professional comic writers. Oh, this is extremely plenty of them. Yeah, extremely professionally written. Extremely professional comic writers, and the material is quite good. It could be done. It could be executed by anybody. Yeah. I mean, anyone could do these jokes. They're, they're that. They're that kind of joke. In fact, give, in written. fact, give me the white tie, and I'll be even funnier with the with my ticks with the Tourette's. It'll be even better than the. President. Yeah, it'd be. It would actually add some visual humor yeah. to it. Anyway. <laughs> It's a it, it's self-deprecating in a funny kind of way, and it's also it's also insulting to the public who's been watching these debates because the two guys go make fun of themselves at the debates and make fun of the other guy, and the whole thing is it's uh, it's borderline. You know, I think I can't come up with the right word to describe it, but there's a there's a there's something very insulting about it yes. that I can't put my finger on. It's, it's it, like they're either not taking this seriously, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. the whole thing is a big big joke, joke. big joke. Yeah. yeah, the whole election between these two guys that let Gary Johnson out of the debates and all the rest of the fact yeah, that exactly. this is a scam is a big joke. And yeah. here we are with our buddies in the mainstream media yucking it up and drinking and wearing expensive clothes and making fun of ourselves and having a great old time and screw you public because this is just a big joke that is the message that comes across to me oh in fact i'm glad you set that up you basically set up my clip <laughs> but that's okay i'm still 
uh, making the most of my time in the city. Earlier today, I went shopping at some stores in Midtown. Uh, I understand Governor Romney went shopping for some stores in Midtown. See, this is exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> We're all so rich and funny. <laughs> Screw you, little people. <laughs> it's the same, you know, when you're walking along and you throw up in your mouth a little bit. That's that's the feeling I get when I listen to this. Where you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, you're not really sick to your stomach, but oh. And then you have to decide, you're going to spit it out or swallow? You know, that, that, that's kind of what this is. And it brought back some great memories. Uh, because some of you know, I went to school here in New York. Uh, had a wonderful experience here. Oh, and, oh yes. He, the black man went to school in New York. Oh, we Democrats are so happy. So happy. That's what that is. Trust me, people. Used to love walking through Central Park. Love to go to old Yankee Stadium. Uh, the house that Ruth built, although uh, he really did not build that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so of course Romney would not be outdone. I think that Romney actually is a better comedian. And this may, you know, it's very hard when you're, you know, when you're a a comedian who runs a country. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's just harder to deliver certain types of jokes and certain types of lines. And Romney, of course, being the underdog, almost has nothing to lose in this scenario. And he had, and I would wager, John, that the writing is done by the same people, the same team. Oh, no, that's a possibility. When I did the uh, Windows Roast back in the late 80s and they wanted me to organize these uh, everybody's material, I hired a bunch of comedians, or no, actually comic writers, and we put together a script for everybody. Exactly. So, Everybody had it was all written by the same guys and, and exactly and they, exactly. Yeah. So no, I agree with that. And, right. and they also had the same style of joke. Here it comes. <laughs> Sorry for the extraneous applause there. I'm uh, glad to be able to join in this uh, venerable tradition. Of course, I'm I'm pleased that the president's here. We were chatting pleasantly this evening as if Tuesday night never happened. (laughs) And uh, I credit that, of course, to the Cardinal. He has, uh, it's taken New York's highest spiritual authority to get us back on our best behavior. See, they're laughing. That wasn't even a joke. That's that's how wired up these people are. But here comes the joke. I was actually hoping the president would bring Joe Biden along uh, this evening because he'll laugh at anything. (laughs) I got to tell you. You, you can hear that was actually a funny. Yeah, line. now, but listen, this is you can hear the joke. People are laughing, and then they realize what the joke really is because Joe Biden, of course, was laughing uh, during the vice presidential debate when you know talking about death and mayhem and you know wh- whatever the topic was. Biden was laughing. See, you can hear that second wave come in. Woo! Yay! Woo! Woo! And this is what bugged me about this, because the press is there. The press who are now laughing. Yeah. Wasn't that crazy? That idiot Joe Biden was laughing during the most serious topics in the debate. But you look at television. Where's ABC with Jake Tapper then saying, hey, the vice president looked like a dick. Why was he (laughs) not a single person on television talked about that? I did, I mean, you, unless you can show me the clip, and that's what really irritates me. Here's the mainstream media laughing about the things that we are saying, like, the guy's an idiot. 
You know, you can't be laughing like a like a fool all the time during this debate, and no one in the mainstream news said it. But they all know it. They all think it's funny. They all think it's a good joke when they're all yucking it up together, drinking their Chardonnays, whatever that fancy <clears throat> wine is they got. Yeah, I'm sure it's Chardonnay, as a matter of fact. Uh, the um, You know, we have an economic depression we're in, and there's a jobless crisis, and there's all, we, people are droning, you know, innocence in the middle of nowhere, and uh, <laughs> and, and these guys are... I mean, it's really almost like Nero uh, fiddling. fiddling. I mean, yes. it's it's very disturbing that I mean, if these guys are going to do this, I mean, it's like a club, and that's the reason for private clubs. I mean, you can go if they're yeah. in a private club, <laughs> so you can do this without someone looking at you. And they were had their had their phones off and no cameras allowed. <laughs> yeah. and they did this shit. We wouldn't be upset by it, but. And it's also, I think, more appropriate to do it that way because this is throwing it in your face. And they're both there in the same – and on Monday night – Both get, parties, by the way. And on Monday night, they're going to go out there and they're going to pretend like they hate each other and they're, like, they're stupid. And, and you know, it's, oh, no, it's extremely annoying. And, and I think we're the only people who really call them on it because the rest of the world is like, that was a funny joke. Yeah, but you have to look beyond the idiocy. I picked up this clip. And by the way, anyway, again, professional writer, you can go hire a group of co comedic writers very inexpensively, by the way. It's a steal. Yeah. Uh, and do this yourself. I mean, it's not, but the fact that these idiots in the press are probably don't, they probably think that Obama's writing his own material for oh, all I know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. I, I I just shudder at the thought of how idiotic this is. Well, well, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with it because the more the stupider the press is, the longer we'll be in business. <laughs> um, I, I, just on the campaign issue, because you brought it up about the uh, you know the now the, on the 23rd we do have uh, the alternative third party debate, which is going to be hosted by Larry King. I think streamed on the internet, and it's like <laughs> it's, you know it's on yeah. some channel like the oh the. ONA yeah. channel or something I don't get. Yeah, hopefully uh, Victoria's Secret won't have something going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's but you know probably uh, we'll be talking about the we'll be ramping up towards the Windows release or whatever, or there'll be some iPhone news or something that uh, that won't, you know will obfuscate even the, the live stream. But the reason why this is all taking place is because we have the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates, the CPD, and they sponsor the debates. Uh, and I w went looking into some history on this. Do you know when this started, this 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 CPD? I think it was the second Reagan administration. It's fairly new. No, it's much older, much older than... Well, hold on a second. When would the second Reagan administration be? What year would that be? Maybe I'm wrong. That would be uh, 84. Okay. So, yeah, you're, you're actually spot on the money. So the way it worked before is the debates, which were televised commercially... Um, you had sponsors for the debates, and then the CPD came in, and then they arranged the sponsors, and they're kind of like the front organization. But back in the day, it was the League of Women Voters. Do you remember this, the League of Women uh, Voters? Yeah, right, and actually the reason for the CPD was because uh, they wouldn't allow – I th there was something to do with third parties. I think they, were, they didn't want somebody to, to be in the debate, and one of the sponsors dropped out, and it became a scandal. 
There was some crazy story that made this all happen. So I got because the idea is just to, the re- idea is to is to lock this thing down. So we we're stuck listening to these two guys instead of any alternative ideas or pro candidates. So I thought it would be interesting to listen to the 1988 um, announcement by the League of Women Voters, who withdrew as a sponsor because the CPD was just. All, and now we're talking 1988. People who listen to this show, some people were not even born in 1988. And this is how long this bullcrap has been going on that, that that they've been molded this into two only two parties. You can only vote for guy red or guy blue, guy A or guy B, or maybe woman eventually. Um, and, and, and you've been a true representation of who is running for president has been withheld from you. And I thought it was just interesting to listen to this minute and a half clip of the withdrawal of the League of Women Voters and the reasons, and just a portion of the reasons for it. Representatives of the two campaigns came to us on September 28th, just two weeks before the debate, with an agreement we were told we had to sign. The agreement had been reached by the campaign chairman, and it spelled out everything. Between themselves, the campaigns had determined what the television cameras could take pictures of. They had determined how they would select those who would pose questions to the candidates. They had determined that the press would be relegated to the last two rows rows of the hall. They had determined that they would pack the hall with their supporters. And they had determined the format. The campaign's agreement was a closed-door masterpiece. The agreement was a done deal, they told us. We were supposed to sign it and agree to all of its conditions. If we did not, we were told we would lose the debate. It's clear that the campaigns wanted the League's stamp of integrity on a shoddy product. Obviously, we have been presented with campaign demands before. We have agreed to some and we have challenged and negotiated others. But never in the long history of the League of Women Voters have two candidates' organizations come to us with such stringent, unyielding, and self-serving demands. In Winston-Salem, which you know was not a League of Women Voters debate, they went so far as to insist on reviewing the moderator's opening comments. It turned out that the League had two choices. We could sign their closed-door agreement and hope the event would rise above the manipulations, or we could refuse to lend our trusted name to this charade. The League of Women Voters is announcing today that we have no intention of becoming an accessory to the hoodwinking of the American public. Under these circumstances, the League is withdrawing its sponsorship of the presidential debates scheduled for mid-October in Los Angeles. So this was 1988. Can you imagine what they're doing now? And I and, you know, this thing that came out on the Internet, this so-called leak 21 page agreement about the debates. I guarantee you, John. That's just a bullcrap red herring they threw out there. Like, oh, go talk about the ties and about, you know, the, the number of minutes and how you shall address each other. There was a real agreement behind, behind the scenes, a closed-door agreement that we never saw. That would make sense if you listen to her. Yeah. I like the term hoodwinking Hoodwink. the American public. <laughs> Hood, and that was 1988. Translate that to... Uh, 2012, I think the the hip hop boys would say they put in a cap in your ass, G. That's what it is. 
hoodwinking. Yeah, it's a scam. Yeah. Well, we've been kind of pointing this out. Yeah, now and but again. it's fun to go back and listen to. No, something that's a great from, clip. That would be a clip of the day if it was uh, 1988. <laughs> it was yeah. a clip of 1988 of the day. But yeah, no, that needs to be. People need to be reminded of these things. I mean, that's a really good find. Where'd you get that? From C-SPAN, I I, I wanted. To, I oh, was so look- oh, good call. Yeah, I was looking yeah, around. C-SPAN has these archives. Have you ever dug through the archives and find a clip missing? Mm, I think it's happened once or twice, but it's happened to me a couple of times, and I've mm-hmm. never gotten a satisfactory response really? to my complaint. Yeah, it was really more like a like, but it was probably more a recent clip, not an old one, but a but a recent clip. Now, there's something else that I found rather disturbing. So we have this new. Um, this new uh, commercial from uh, the president, which I guess is his um, people are calling it his morning in America. Now, this was was it, was it Ronald Reagan who had the morning in America uh, speech? I believe the, so. And it was this they turned it into a commercial. Maybe it was a commercial. And it was, you know, it's morning in America and we're all going to, you know, we rock. We're all going to die. We're awesome. And America's the best. <laughs> we're only starting. We've only just begun. And so the president has one similar to that. And uh, there is a big, big, big gaping hole of a lie in his uh, campaign promise. But let's listen to how awesome he is in this 30-second clip. Every president inherits challenges. That's Morgan Freeman, by the way. Few have faced so many. (laughs) I love it. Every So, first of all, Bush done it. Four years later, our enemies... Do you hear how beautiful the music changes when he says four years later? This is so so well done. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, four years later, our enemies have been brought to justice. Our heroes are coming Murder. home. Yeah, you know, there's a big sign of Bin Laden is dead when he says that. And now our heroes... to justice? Yeah, it's not yeah. justice, it's, it's just vengeance. They've been murdered, yes. And our heroes are coming home. Assembly lines are humming again. <laughs> there are still challenges to meet. Children to educate, a middle class to rebuild. But the last thing we should do is turn back now. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. So the the big lie that is that is bothering me because I've seen the reports from the State Department, and there was a big meeting in um, it was a big NATO meeting. Uh, now I'm spacing on where it was because I subscribe to like the military video channel, and I get all these. Uh, these video releases. So I had like a, a, a video package. All you have to do is put your own voiceover and they have the actual B-roll and then they have the Yeah, we should do it actually a separate show and we just use we, we, we stuff. just write stuff, yeah. <laughs> or, or do it like the, the, that uh, space ghost. Ask different questions. <laughs> right. Uh, so, But they would only work in video. And, and of course that's actual work so we'll never do it. Yes, that's um, exactly right. But, the, uh, but one of the president's promises is I will, I will bring home our troops from Afghanistan in 2014. Now, this is what he's saying, correct? Currently, yes, that's what he's saying. Currently. Currently. Um, but we're not because we are, the, the mission will continue. We, we, and we already know that it actually will continue to 2024. Um, but here is NATO discussing the topic. It will be a training mission with the purpose to train assist, give advice to uh, the Afghan security forces. It will be a NATO-led mission, uh, but we also expect contributions uh, from partners outside uh, NATO. Uh, Until now, six partners have announced that they are prepared to contribute to the training mission after 2014. (laughs) Oh, 
Really? The training mission after, now just call it a training mission, after 2014. They're talking about 2015. We are not leaving Afghanistan. No, I wouldn't. And this, we, by the way, they could change it to training mission anytime they want because it's never been declared as a war. Oh, thank you. Good point. Good point. Jesse now, Constitutional who are the six scholar. countries outside of NATO that are getting involved? Yeah, he wouldn't say. That's not in the report, unfortunately. But I'm I wonder thinking, who it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally wondering. Well, you got some homework now. So somebody has homework to do. Some one of our <laughs> listeners. Someone, someone out there. And of course, uh, the, I, I'm, I'm I'm ready to wrap it up with the president does have a new thing, his new slogan. You've heard this? No. Oh, please. Yes, you have. Yes, we will. Yes, we can. Yes, we won't. Nope. So much. And- Backtracking and sidestepping. We've got to. We, we, we've got to. We've got to name this condition that he's going through. I think. I. I, I think it's called Romnesia. Oh yeah, I heard this. Yeah. And, nice. It's it's cute. It, it's cute. Um, he was killing it when he announced this. Uh, if if you care to listen, you know, this is where it was really funny and nice to see. He had nothing but women behind him. Uh, you know, with like forward signs. Goodbye, love. Have fun. That Say makes hi to sense. John John. Yeah, let's listen. That's what it's called. I think that's what he's going through. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a medical doctor, <laughs> but I. But I do want to go over some of the symptoms with you <laughs> because I want to make sure nobody else catches it. This is really good. They they they, they blew their comedic wad on this. If, you know, if you say, if you say you're for equal pay for equal work, but you keep refusing to say whether or not you'd sign a bill that protects equal pay for equal work, you might have amnesia. <laughs> so he, he goes through a whole bunch of those, you know, a whole bunch of examples, and that's, that's amnesia. And so I, I, and I agree, I think that was very good. And then he wraps it up with this. That's some amnesia. So, so the, I, I think you're being able, you're, you're beginning to be able to, to identify these <laughs> symptoms. And, and if you come down with a case of amnesia, <laughs> and you can't seem to remember the policies that are still on your website, or the promises you've made over the six years you've been running for president, here's the good news. Obamacare covers pre-existing conditions. <laughs> I, I gotta say, nails it. Home yeah, run. Well, I, Home yeah, run. Pretty, it's not bad. I don't think it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. He was on John Stewart. Did you see that? Uh, yes, and I have a clip. But let's. Uh, I have see two what clips. Oh, I actually two. have three, but oh. one I don't want to play. Okay. I have two clips. I want to play the first one where he avoids a question that Stewart asked him about. You know, the Patriot Act and all the rest of it. And then he just changes the subject and then he rap, prattles on about one thing or another. And then, and then Stewart backs off and makes some snide comment. And then the audience goes crazy for Obama. Oh, wait. So which it's, one, this, which one are we playing? This would then? be the one. This is the clip that says uh, Obama on Stewart with idiot audience. As it ratchets down, I think people have been surprised to see the uh, strength of the Bush-era warrantless wiretapping laws and those types of things not also be lessened. That the, uh, the strictures that he put in place that people might have thought were government overreach in that 
uh, and that maybe they had a mind that, that you would perhaps tone down, well, you haven't. Well, you know, the truth is actually we have modified them and built a, 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 a legal... What? <laughs> what? Whoa! What? M to make them worse? A structure and safeguards in place yeah, that weren't totally. there before on a whole range of issues. Now, they're not real sexy issues. They're not the kinds of things that you're going to... You don't, don't, you don't know what I find sexy. <laughs> let, 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 let me put it this way. I mean, I, I saw you flash uh, what that... I know, I know, thing, so I, I know yes, what you've been reading, yes, but yes. Uh, we're not going to go there. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm still the president. No, I understand that. I understand that. We've got to... I respect the position. We've got to keep I respect going. the position. That's probably right. Um... I hereby denounce John Stewart as a shill for the New World Order. What lame. Hey, he works for Viacom. What do you expect? Lame. Now, right. the other clip I have, mm -hmm. the other clip I have, I want you to catch, I think it's a technique that Obama uses. There's a this, this structure of what he says. This is a very short clip. This oh. is the interesting Obama technique. Okay. Speaking, you may have caught this already, okay. but see if you can spot it. Otherwise, I'll I'll make you <laughs> play it again. Actually, it. What's happened is we've got five million homes that have already we've seen foreclosures prevented. We have a settlement with the banks that provides another twenty five billion dollars mm -hmm. of to help the housing market. But the, the the central question is there there are a whole bunch of things that we can do right now right. that will make the recovery even stronger put more folks back to work. When you right. look at what we did with the auto industry. You mean the even stronger? That's the only thing I get out of it. I guess, I, I guess I'm not hearing what you're hearing. Well, let me just ask you the, here. <clears throat> okay, can, can now I, before can, you play can, it again, you can play it again. It's can very I just, short. Can I just play it again and see? Maybe I, maybe I just need a second pass. Is that okay? Uh, okay. Yeah. Actually, what's happened is we've got 5 million homes that have already, we've seen foreclosures prevented. We have a settlement with the banks that provides another $25 billion mm -hmm. of, to help the housing market. But the, the, the central question is, there, there are a whole bunch of things that we can do right now right. that will make the recovery even stronger, put more folks back to work. When you right. look at what we did with the auto industry. <clears throat> so um, perhaps it's, here's what I, on the second pass, I hear him being very specific about 5 billion, 25 billion, and then there's a whole bunch of things we can do. But that's probably not it either. Wow, this is even better than I thought. Okay, well, here's what, now you can listen to it a third time, and here's what you have to ask yourself. After you hear this, specifically, tell me what the central question is. <laughs> we've got 5 million homes that have already, we've seen foreclosures prevented. We have a settlement with the banks that provides another $25 billion mm -hmm. of, to help the housing market. But the, the, the central question is, there, there are a whole bunch of things that we can do right now right. that will make the recovery even stronger, put more folks back to work. When you right. look at what we did with the auto industry... Yeah, the central question is uh, not a question, just a whole bunch of things we can do right now. So he uses the term, the central question is to get your attention. It, your brain gets right. attention because you're now going to wait for the right. question. Instead, he gives you an, a pat answer as though it's the answer to some question that was never asked. There is no question. This is really good. Now, Why does he say here's the... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go. No, no, no. no, no. no I'm, I'm just going to say... Imagine you dropping, you know, just say, well, Adam, the, the, the question that the question that needs to be addressed is we've we've got that new car in the driveway and everybody's happy. 
I mean, it's it's essentially it's a switcheroo right in the middle of your. It's a brain. It's another short circuiting device. Yeah. There is no central question. He doesn't ask a central question. He just says the central question is, and I, then never says anything. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this in everything, I'm, and I'm going to try it out because I, I, you. Uh, so first of all, <laughs> let me. Uh, I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you clip of the day. This is a mind controlling clip of the day. So you deserve that first of all. Of the day. See, that short circuits your brain. Now you think that you're cool. No, I'll, I'll get you later. Um, so, <laughs> so but I'm just going to use it for every. I'm going to try it on Ms. Mickey, too. The central question is blowjobs are great. <laughs> hey, I can hear a significant delay. Um, I feel we have a delay for some reason. Like, really weird. Should we just reconnect yeah. just to see if there's, like, something going on that we can just get rid of? There's uh, probably nothing going on. I, yeah, well, let's just... Just a low, slow deterioration. Yeah, we'll just disconnect and reconnect. Uh, at least I'm disconnecting, and I shall reconnect. Did you reconnect? <laughs> of course. Oh, oh, of course, now it'll completely screw everything up. It'll never work again. Are you back? Hey there. Yeah. Okay. I don't have to go back and fix things. Oh no! You don't have to go through all that, do you? Oh, I'm sorry. I should have realized. Huh. Yeah. So here's the thing that I picked up from that interview. I picked up something completely different because, of course, I get irritated by other things. You, uh, you did a much better job. Uh, listen to uh, what the president says in this clip. You ready? Yeah. If four Americans get killed, it's not optimal. Right. And we're going to fix it. Right. And, and all, all of it. All of it. And, and what happens uh, during the course of the presidency is that you know, the government is a big operation. Uh -huh. At any given time, something screws up. And you make sure that you find out what's broken and you fix it. All right. Um, I'm sorry. When someone says, if four Americans get killed, it's not optimal, you're a douchebag. Yeah, I had that clip. That's my third clip that I did, which, but I have the whole long one, which is boring. Yeah. But I didn't pull anything out of it that was interesting. That, that, but that, I didn't hear that the first time. Before Americans get killed. No, if, if four Americans get, not before. Oh, if four, okay. If four Americans get killed is not optimal. Yeah, listen to it again, because it, it's, it's really quite disturbing what he says. Here it comes. If four Americans get killed, it's not optimal. Yeah, that's right. It's not optimal. It's like it's not tuned right. You know, it's like it's like. Uh, yeah, this is like uh, the Ford Pinto. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, it's a, it's a Ford Pinto concept. Yeah, it's, it's people not, don't remember this. Right? I, they, they used to blow up, right? If you crashed into something, then the Ford Pinto would explode. If you hit him in the rear end, the Ford Pinto would blow. <laughs> yeah, it's not optimal. And <laughs> it wasn't optimal, so they decided which, whether they should change the tank where how it was built into the car, or just pay out the millions of dollars it would cost every time somebody gets killed. Mm -hmm. And so they chose to, fuck it, we'll let everyone get killed, and that's that. It's just not It optimal. almost sunk the company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. My, my grandmother had a Ford Pinto. She died of a heart attack, by the way. <laughs> um, not optimal. So the central question is, it's not optimal 
when Americans die. It's not optimal. It's not optimal for my career. It's not optimal for my reelection campaign. It's just not optimal. And there's John Stewart. John Stewart, who everyone hails as, oh, you, I, I, I watch John Stewart because that's where I get my news. He's so funny. He's so funny. He's really, he's so cynical. He really shows me left, right. It's all the same thing. He's sitting there going, uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. He's got wood for the president. John, I'm so, I'm so sorry. John, John Stewart. I've known you a long time. You're a dick. Really. You're just a dick. And I know the writers there listen. So, you know, play this loud uh, when you're in your writer's meeting when he walks in. And go, oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's just Curry. You know, he was already... Then you're that douchebag with the hair. Remember from MTV? Because he's just a dick. I mean, it's, that's so lame. That is so lame. Well, he's not going to get him... You know, this is one of those things. This is the same kind of corruption that you have with the White House press corps. Mm-hmm. You, if Stewart actually followed up with the questions or if Stewart did anything, like call him out on any of the stuff that he said, including the one you just mentioned, mm-hmm. he Obama would never be on the show again. The ratings would Ever. drop yeah. for those easy bonus ratings that he get, probably gets extra cash for. Oh, yeah. And Viacom would be irked at him. <laughs> yeah. He's, he just works. For, this is the problem. I mentioned it again. I say it all every so often. This is the problem with commercial network television, even on cable, mm-hmm. a problem that we don't have. If we get the kind of support that we need from our listeners to just essentially help us continue the show by contributing directly instead of going out and buying a Lexus based on some commercial because we had a Lexus as a sponsor. We don't. Uh, that's I think there's just a p- perfect example. I'm so the, sure Stewart kicks himself when he has to eat crap during these interviews. So the central question is. Value for value, donate to No Agenda. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. You'll get the hang of that eventually. Because <laughs> right now you're, pa- you're, you're hesitant. You don't. He, with Obama, he just blows right through it because he stammers. I got to. I got to. Pre- uh, 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 the, the, the central question is: uh, He's donated to no uh, agenda. Uh, uh, it, uh, uh, it, it uh, is is good for it's optimal. So, so we have a few people to thank. Let's thank him. Brad Doherty in New York, New York one three seven three six, finishing off my knighthood with a sixty nine sixty nine swazzle in the fifty five fifty five anniversary and a twelve twelve donation. Looking forward to the next five years of hitting people in the mouth. Hold and on. his name is Doherty. I think I, keep I think pronouncing it. I think it. it's Doherty. Doherty. Do- no, Do- say, he says right here, pronounced Doherty. Oh, really? Oh, then yeah. I, I stand corrected. It's normally Doherty. Right. But I'm, I'm I've a, known a number of Dohertys. But we Doherty's. Will, will be knighting him today. That's nice. Yeah, it's Jeffrey nice. Wolf in Edmond, Oklahoma, 111-11, Feeling I need some karma for myself and family since one side of my family got wiped out this year. Hmm. Oh, aunt, dad, and grandma. What? I mean, a tough year, especially work is killing him with stress. Give him a karma. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like you need a double dose. You've got karma. I don't like that. Sir Jason Hoffman, uh, whose parts unknown, he's in Gitmo Nation Pizza Pie, so I guess he's in uh, Italy. Italia. Uh, I know it's been a while since my last donation. He donated $111.10. I was busy getting married right around the same time Adam and Mickey were getting married. I guess that makes us no agenda newlyweds. I wish wanted to wish the show a happy fifth and Adam and Mickey a happy marriage. So here's one 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 dot one. 
I sent Adam an email not too long ago regarding Skype and a proposition if you think it would help your connectivity issues, but it sounds like you guys may be sticking with Mumble. Yeah, I have to say, uh, now that, you know, thanks to, uh, to Void Zero, I think, I think we're, I mean, knock on wood, but I'm liking it today. I'm yeah, well, it. it comes and goes. Yeah, okay. Today's a good day. Anyway, except for the donations. Anyway, the multiple <laughs> threats from even a handshake promise it's goes not, on. It's not optimal. The donations are not optimal, John. You have to say it the right way. The question is the donations are not optimal. <laughs> the central question is the donations are, 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 are not optimal. After may, multiple threats and even a handshake promise, Boner, Jordan Kunkel, still refuses to donate. Give him a douchebag and douche two to the bag. head. <laughs> Give him an extra buzzer. You got him a buzzer, too. Wow. <laughs> a douchebag buzzer, Kunkel too, to the head. big time. If by some miracle he actually donates during this episode, then you may de-douche him without apology. Please send me a best podcast and karma combo for my new family and keep up the great work you two are driving at home with one headlight. The best podcast in the You've got karma. You see, the central question is, uh, it's not optimal to be driving at home with one headlight. Raymond Williams in Lafayette, Louisiana, $100 on no comment. Laurie Industries in Riverton, Utah. Reading The Life and Death in Shanghai, uh, 85 bucks, recommended by John. Everyone who is interested in freedom and liberty should read this book. Hmm. Don't think it can't happen here. When our government provides our jobs, food, shelter, health care, and dignity, our government owns us. We need to take back our government this November 6th. Yeah, well, Hold whatever. So it's life and death in Shanghai. Shanghai. And you would recommend that? Is that... Uh... Yes, on the show, a number of times, at least twice. Oh, that's right. We have discussed this. I'm going to put it in the show notes. That's what I'm. That's why I wanted to know. Yeah, it's a very, very good book, and make sure, uh, it makes your uh, skin crawl. So why don't we call it John's Book Corner? <laughs> he needs a karma shot for everyone who still stands on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You've got... Karma. John's Book Corner, right next to John's Hobby Corner. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oops. <laughs> 69! 69, dude! Yeah. We're, we're still up, huh? Yeah. So to speak. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Four. It's getting okay, back it's down get, to yeah, the Yeah, we're it's getting low. Okay. It's, it's almost It's not going to hit 22, that's for sure. Black Knight Bill Arkind in Dracut. Dracut. Massachusetts. Massive tax nuts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 6969. Uh, by the way, my town is pronounced Draycut. I personally refer to the Commonwealth as the People's Republic of Massachusetts nuts. Anyway, I see your reverse psychology methods in play, but I shall donate 6969 anyway. <laughs> really? Well, really? That's this... a reverse of the reverse. It is, which means we're moving forward. Yeah, you're the best podcast in the universe. Fact. And hopefully the small donation will help keep the train on the tracks. No agenda listeners, do not let Dvorak and Curry win. Keep the swazzle nuff alive. <laughs> now, if you just tuned into this podcast for the first time, don't worry. It's okay. It'll all go away by itself. You don't need to know what that means. You don't need to know anything. Just let it let it just, just absorb it. it as a as kind of a whole, as a just feel the vibrations going through the body. Sir Marinoff in Aliso Viejo, California, sixty nine sixty nine. Happy fifth anniversary. Please send some job karma, by the way. The youngest no agenda night is four months old today. Send him some growth karma too. Oh, oh that's nice. You've got for a basketball karma. player. <laughs> look out, yeah, look out. Might be playing for the Knicks. 
Port Orchard, Washington's Brandon Savoie. Uh, 6969 just received a check back from the local power company of 13938, which for those of you with calculators is exactly half of, it, it divided by two is exactly 6969. This was to be a sign. So I sent half of it to get a MILF in the morning. Shout out to my girlfriend, Rebecca. Wow, that's cool. And uh, thank you very much for paying attention to the numerology and sharing the love. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. In the morning. Sir G, good morning, man. Sir GQ, sixty nine, sixty nine, donating. Have my non-donating but true believing douchebag girlfriend Sheena Hershey de-douched, and a karma shot for the both of us. It's a birthday present for her on account of her birthday on the twenty second of October. Oh, absolutely! It's the gift that keeps on giving. You've been de-douched. Nothing like a karma for a birthday. Got karma and a de-douching. And that's the end of. Oh ho. Oh, ho. Hey. Oh, oh, you know what? The jingle's not even, it's misfiring, which means it may be over. 69! 69, dudes! All right. Swazzle enough. On the way out. On the way out. Retiring soon. And now, of course, in uh, celebration of our uh, fifth anniversary, the 26th of October, which is not a show day. Uh, the, the 25th is a show day, I believe. Uh, the 26th yeah, that'll is be a the Friday. last opportunity for people. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's coming up and that will be our, um, the end of it. Uh, <laughs> probably the end of, uh, of our donations for the 5555. Uh, but we, uh, we do appreciate you giving us some value for value in that. And we have a couple here. Not, a uh, couple is literally what it is. We have a good group. No, Sir good Thomas group, yeah. Nussbaum, of course, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where there's only 5% unemployment, 5555, <laughs> which is 5555%. Yay. Bernie Atima, Adama, in Hinton, Iowa, fifty-five, fifty-five. In the morning, Adam and John, happy fifth to the best podcast in the universe. Here's a fifty-five, fifty-five, fifty-five in donation of your five years in the new Daylight Donut Shop. Third week open in Sioux City, Iowa. I'd like an Atlas shrug, please. God's blessing to you both in the next five, for the next five years. Thank you very much. This also immediately satisfies the uh, second Atlas shrug that Sir Gene Naftuliev asked me to play for his donation today. By Ayn Rand. <laughs> Steve, Steve Bussinger. Could be Bussinger, but I think it's Bussinger. In Erie, Colorado, 5555. Hail, citizens. Having a rough time so I could use some of that world-famous karma. Thanks for the hours of work you put into the show and the hours of entertainment you provide. I don't know what I'd do if no agenda ended it. A friend know. of mine sent this to me, and I thought John might be interested in mentions possible reason why Blacks hate, don't like gays, and then he's got a link, so I'll check it out later. All right, well, let's give you some karma, because that seems to be what you really need. You've got karma. Looking up all kinds of weird stuff. Philippe Villarreal. Philippe Villarreal. Or it could be Felipe, but I think it's Felipe. I think it's Felipe. I think it would be Felipe. Felipe Villarreal. I like that name. San Antonio. 5555, a college student running low on cash, but this donation is long overdue. There's a college student running out of cash, and he donates. I'll be traveling to London, England, for a study abroad trip soon. Might make the trip over to the Saskatoon of France, Paris. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good twist. (laughs) Yeah. Any travel advisors for this long trip would be greatly appreciated if I can get a Paramanana, manana, paramanana, manana. <laughs> yeah. That's one hot MILF baby karma. I'd be greatly appreciated. Keep up the great work. Um, okay. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, where is it? Uh, that's one hot MILF baby. 
You've got karma. You know, I recommend people, especially they haven't been to France before, to get the the Michelin Red Book for France. That thing is a gold mine. You can't get that on Kindle. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't. I was reading something very disturbing. I think it's better to have the book than it on Kindle because <laughs> you, you like to flip through it. I was this, now. This may help out our uh, our friend Felipe from San Antonio. I was reading today in. Hmm, I think it might have been Wall Street Journal that there's a, a worldwide shortage of wine. It, uh, do you know anything about this? No, it, uh, and I think I would. Uh, that's why. I, let me just see what, who wrote this. Let me just see what the source is of this news. Um, so world faces a wine shortage equivalent to 1.3 bottles next year after production slumped in France, Italy, and Spain. Main suppliers, uh, according to France's biggest wine cooperative, it's historic Bertrand Girard, uh, chief executive officer of Groupe Val d'Orbieu, said Thursday at a, at a press conference in Paris, the Saskatoon. We're short of wine. We've never seen that in three or four decades. The global shortfall is expected to be at least 10 million hectoliters, about 264 million gallons. Uh, the volume that volume would fill more than one billion standard size bottles. World production fell in the past decade, even as consumption rose. And then here's the pricing at the bottom of the article. There's already a scarcity of budget wines, which account for 80 percent of consumption, typically cost between two and four euros a bottle. The price of generic bulk wine in Spain has already jumped to 60 euros from 30 euros two years ago. So. That's all. I mean, that's that's the. St- I I was planning on asking you, but since he's going to be in Paris, maybe you should stock up on some good wine if the prices are just going to rise. You can get better prices in the United States than you can in Paris. But do you think this uh, is true that there's a global shortage? I'll look of wine? into it. I mean, it, I know that they've had a the the 2012 vintage is supposed to be a dog, so it's possible that there's something a brewing. And they've been, you know, the, this is funny because the French about two or three years ago were demanding that some of these wine-growing regions stop making so much wine and and either dump the stuff into the sewer or make brandy out of it. Mm. And um, Well, bully for them. Well, this is typical of the, you know, of the centralized economies. Anyway, well, I'll look into it. We'll have a report right after the education report. Noel Vincente in Landing, New Jersey, no comment, 5555. Eric... Bowden Stab, Sir Eric to you, in Lauderdale, Minnesota, nuts, 5555. Andrew Gardner, Sir Andrew Gardner, sorry, no, Avenue, no, Maryland. No agenda racing it, team. It's right, 5555. Happy birthday to Elliot and Chris Gardner, and happy fifth to Crackpot and Buzzkill. Do we have, oh, it's not a birthday, it's just a anniversary. Happy anniversary. Doug Thomas, <laughs> no comment. Emmett, Idaho. <clears throat> Emmett, Idaho. Uh, Joel Rembach in McKinnon, Victoria, or Melbourne, Melbourne. So he's in Melbourne. Melbourne. 55, 55, Melbourne. I just made a 55, 55 donation to you to mark your upcoming birthday show. And just like my previous donation around 427, PayPal, which normally has a big special notes to seller text box, where I presume we are to put our message was missing. (laughs) On my previous donation, I mailed you, but it was not read on the show. I would like to wish you a happy fifth and many more and to wish Simon Elisha a belated birthday, April 30th. Whoa. As he was the guy who hit me in the mouth and asked that you take all my donations and add them to his knighthood tally. 
Mm. I also want to call out Adam as a douchebag. Douchebag. What? For his general disdain of science. <laughs> but his openness the science is in. What? Pushing against his arm with vials of colored liquid can cure his Tourette syndrome. <laughs> hey, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Um, how does he know that it's vials of colored liquid? He's, he doesn't know that. He hasn't been to my doctor. He has no idea if my applied kinesiologist... <laughs> Should I tell you something? I feel pretty good. I'm not on any slave medication. But just in case, I'll be trying the hell doll. Because that is clearly what you think I should be doing, is taking the well, Big Pharma. Well, you do have a point with Big Pharma, et cetera, et cetera. Science and scientific method are more plausible than the charlatan you described. <laughs> charlatan. I'm going to tell him, hey, Dr. Rom, you're a charlatan. And he's going to go, well, of course. <laughs> it, it's funny because that's exactly how he talks. Uh, Dennis, or Danny Haynes in Greystands, New South Wales. Greystands, Greystands, I guess. 55, 55. Elliot Gardner in York, Pennsylvania. In the morning, donating today to celebrate my one-year anniversary with the ex-cripple Krista and the new No Agenda <laughs> anniversary. Can you give us anniversary karma and a little girl saying yay? Uh, so, um, I remember, I know who Krista the cripple is. We met her in, uh, at the Hot Pockets tour last year in, uh, in Chickasaw, Pennsylvania. So um, I hope she's no longer crippled because it was just a broken foot or broken ankle. So, um, yeah, let's see if we can do this for you. You've got karma. Yay! <laughs> it's overmodulated at yay. Tristan Banning, Toronto, Ontario. Short and sweet, just some hey, citizen karma. Mm -hmm. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. Uh, Daniel Ehrlich in Bowlesburg, Pennsylvania, 5555 without comment. Uh, Timo Zuidema. Uh, Zaudema. 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 Amsterdam. Zaudema. No, Zaudema. Zaudema. There you go. Zaudema. Yeah, Timo good. Zaudema. Good. Happy anniversary. We need more media deconstruction. Well, we yeah. can do what we can. Well, yeah, we provide as, as, as it comes. Lee Scarbick in uh, Springfield, Pennsylvania. 55, 55. Amy Johnson in Norfolk, Virginia. 55, 55. I'd like to send Sir Nussbaum karma. Oh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole thing going on there in Virginia. We're the lowest unemployment in America. You've got yeah. karma. Curiously so. Yes, unbelievable. Derby Dyke in Tucson, Arizona. No comment. 55, 55. Jason Simonin in Jeffstown, Goffstown. Goffstown, New Hampshire. Great state. The free or die, fifty-five, fifty-five. Keep hitting them in the mouth and give all the contributors some huntsman karma. You've got karma. Uh, Remco Van Dyke in Harlem, fifty-five, fifty-five. That's uh, outside of Amsterdam. Nice little place. Thanks to the deconstruction, and, and I, a Curry fan, since nineteen eighty-four. Howard. Sir Howard Gutknecht, Gutknecht in Seattle, Gutknecht. who I met with, nice guy, mm -hmm. marketing genius, apparently, and oh. he's retired on his laurels. Uh, Seattle, 55-55. Uh, big congratulations on five years. Keep on pulling the wool out of our years and blinders out of our eyes and keep and make it entertaining enough not to be depressing, which we do. Bite Fair in St. Louis, Missouri. 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 
Missouri or Missouri, this turns out not to be important. I've been a $4 a week subscriber for a long time, but after hearing the episode where you busted Panetta for reading bullcrap off of Wikipedia, <laughs> I figured you guys deserve a nice tip. This is a, a good karma shot. We don't work for tips. Send a fuck cancer to one of the Goodwin family of Kentucky, whose 13-year-old son died of a rare form of childhood cancer after beating it twice before. It's a sad story. Also, can you uh, find it in your heart to give a free douchebag karma to all the douchebags on your birthday? Yeah, of course. Douchebag. Of course. Karma. Douchebag karma. Uh, well, I'm not going to give douchebag karma. Oh, okay. Well, just give them the... Okay. They got well, a douchebag. It's up to you. You got the douchebag button. I got nothing to do with it. Hey. <laughs> Perhaps they can be converted to non-douchebags if we give them more votes for Gary Johnson in the process. Love you guys. All right. Here it comes. Cancer. you got... Karma. That's my new F cancer uh, sound. John John Schweitzer, Evansville, Indiana, fifty five, fifty five. Happy anniversary. With more to come, love the show, and I mean it. No, he, no, he doesn't say that. He says, "Mean it by." I mean it by. There you go. Love you, mean it. That's what it is. Love you, mean it. See, it's like uh, you got to say it that oh, way. Oh, I get it. So the L.A. kind of thing. Right? No, it's not. A, I don't see it. It's not an L.A. It kind like of thing. No, don't change. <laughs> Stephen Rico in Orico in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Karma for the kids and my milf wife, followed by a huntsman and Chinese in the morning. You've got karma. Uh, Frederico Borrego, Borrego Escamilla in Mexico, someplace. Fifty-five, fifty-five in the morning from Gitmo Nation Taco. This is Federico Fritz Borrego. Listener since episode one, I wishing no agenda. Happy birthday. I cannot contribute what I'd like to, but as much as I can as possible and propagate the formula to keep the best podcast in the universe going. I'd like a de-douching and karma. And then he wants to know if we're ever going to be in Mexico to do a no agenda tour. No, there's never, ever going to be a, a no agenda tour to Mexico. Sorry, never, ever. I, I don't want to get killed. You've been de-douched. I, I wouldn't mind going You've to Mexico City. It's karma. a gorgeous place. Well, you know what's great? And you should go with Ms. Mickey because she keeps saying, I got to get you to Mexico. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to Mexico because people get uh, killed there. I'm not going to Mexico. So you Brand can go with Bruce, Brucella in Melbourne, Victoria. 5555. Uh, five years of the best podcast in the universe. I plan to have a no agenda nail clippers.com set up in time for your celebration, but failed. Oh, no. And, <laughs> anyway, keep up the great work. It'd be great to hear John's biggest pee from the last five years, followed by the, his jingle as a trade for some karma. Hold on a second. First of all, what a great idea for a product. <laughs> no agenda nail clippers. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be, be good. But that would be the big ones because John's clipping his toenails, you see. It's not just his hands. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Click. Curse snip. I start clipping. Curse snip. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> what a horrible product. No, <laughs> nail clippers. <laughs> as we continue, Wait, as he goes nuts. Scott uh, Fuller. Well, he has to give me, he, he says he wanted to. Oh, give him some karma. Well, he wanted your pet peeve and then karma. and then the I pet, don't have a pet peeve for the last five years. It's something I have to think about. Borax, pet peeve of <laughs> oh, there you go. You've got karma. Just, My no. pet peeve is being mocked on the show. <laughs> Scott Fuller, coming, Georgia. Thanks for the five years. Keep hitting people in the mouth. Pat Deary in Sarnia, Ontario. 
Happy anniversary of the best podcast in the universe. I had David Simpson, Milton Keynes, someplace in the UK. Bucks. 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 Buckinghamshire. Thanks. Big bucks. Thanks for five years of entertainment and analysis that's sadly missing from the mainstream media. Long live. May the show continue. Can I have uh, some house moving karma? Yes, of course. You've got karma. Uh, Sir Zander Hochsbergen in Zandam. Zandam. 55, Zandam. 5555. And it means there's a dam there, or was. Whatever. The Zandam. 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 You, it's it, it reversed exactly. It's not Zandam, it's Zandam. Zandam. Thank you. You got it. I'll never do that right again. No. Keep on going for at least another five years. Uh, Jakub Wojciak in Warsaw. Good one. In the morning. Jakub Wojciak, I'm guessing. I think it's Wojciak. Jakub Wojciak, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gitmo Nation, Kielbasa here. I've been uh, calling out, been called out as a douchebag on show 388 by Marcin Brzezinski. I can't stop thinking about donating. The shame is crushing me. So here it is. Spare the jingles and karma. I'm going to move to Vancouver, Canada with my family in a few months. Any tips for living there? Yes. Go to Alberta uh, and steal the money. First of all, you'll like Vancouver. It's a very extremely pleasant town. It gets cold in the winter and it rains a lot. It's pretty much like Seattle. It's got a lot of cool culture, a lot of great restaurants, much better than anything in Washington State, I can assure you. And there's hookers all over the place. So I mean, what, oh, what really? can you ask for? Oh, really? Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, yes. Wait a minute. You're telling me that there's good hookers in Vancouver? There's lots of hookers in Canada Hold all on. over the Hold place. On a really? Hold on a second. Yeah. Let me check this. Uh, there's a site that I would know. Here, go to eros-vancouver.com. I'm not going to anything. <laughs> I'm just looking at the hookers. Let me see. Um, let me see. GFE, 19 GFEs. That's, okay. That's girlfriend experience. Okay, fine. Onward. Ned Jeffrey, Round Corner, New South Wales. Hello, Crackpata and Buzzkill. Nedwin from Sydney, Gitmo Nation Down Under, submitting my first drug donation to uh, insert jingle here. To no whatever. Here's fifty five thirty to celebrate your birthday and mine just passed. I like a dedouching to relieve me of my boner ways. And a let's vote for jobs, yay, karma. Because I just got home from the holidays to find my. I sound like a Canadian now. Just <laughs> a drunk, a drunk now Canadian. I'm starting to sound like a Canadian. <laughs> Vancouver, you'll like it. Let's vote for jobs, yay, karma, because I just got home from the holidays to find my company has been liquidated and I'm missing two months' pay. Boo! <laughs> You've been de-douched. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. <laughs> Sir Carl Barton in Dorodia, or I guess he's in Japan. He's actually from, he's in Kagoshima, Japan. Maybe this donation will help you afford to make a landline phone call instead of using all this VoIP crap, which will never work. Asking for some brisk sales karma for work, the MacHeist software bundle. MacHeist. MacHeist. Vaguely remember that. Not karma. My God, this girl, Angel in downtown Vancouver. My goodness. He's smoking. Yeah, yeah in call and out call. Well, there you have it. 
Yeah, you call her. <laughs> oh, no. she, she, so wait, wait. So she takes calls and she makes phone calls. Is Exa- that the deal? Yeah. Is that what that means? I think so. Yeah. Soren Larson in Wildberg, uh, Gitmo Nation, Little Mermaid. In uh, she's in uh, Denmark. He no Soren. That's a. Uh, it's a oh he. I think it's a he. Yeah, Soren is. Yeah, a he. Soren is a male's name. Sorry, some of these names, especially with these crazy letters. Allow me to share an incident from a few weeks back. I was driving home from badminton, a noble sport, I might add. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listening to one, I, I should do it as I would have suspected he would be speaking. Allow me to inter- <laughs> share an incident from a few weeks back. I was driving home from badminton, a noble sport, I might add, listening to one of your donation segments. I stop at a red light. And just as John is wrapping up the donation segment and says, go to Dvorak.org slash NA, a truck drives by me with the word karma written in six feet tall letters on the side of it. Now, there is a blatant hint if I ever saw one. It was time for another donation. So here you go, double nickels on the dime. And he liked the donation credit toward knighthood of Mikkel Merch. With any luck, the small contribution of the best podcast in the universe will actually secure him a seat at the Prosperous Roundtable where he will enjoy the Rubenesque women and luxurious rose wines. <laughs> Wait, well, I got I to gotta write that one down. Rubenesque women and rose wines. That's a good one. Please give him a slight whistle, Karma. Shout I do not have my whistle. And thank him for being a good friend and bearing with me through some of the rough times. It's much appreciated. Finally, thanks for the great show. All right. You got and then we have uh, anonymous or nickname from some place with a bunch of Greek letters uh, giving us 5475. We appreciate that. That will be our end of our donation segment for show 454. Nice palindrome that was missed out on. And we do have four, five, six coming up in uh, Ooh. next uh, Sunday. Ooh, that's four, a- five, six. Wow, that's a good one. So you could, do, you could do one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you could. How awesome would yeah. that be? No, no. Or you could do four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That yeah. would be better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll be here. Uh, but, of course, uh, by next Sunday's show, I will have my call letters. Oh, yeah, and you can, you can come on with your call letters. That's right. By the way, and people out there can go to... Uh, NoGenTheShow.com, NoGenTheNation.com. Dvorak.org slash NA is the main donation page, and also channel Dvorak.com slash NA is a backup. So the central point is, John, uh, it's not optimal unless you go to Dvorak.org slash NA. It's your birthday, birthday. says Joel Rambach, belated that is, to Simon Alicia, whose uh, birthday was on April 30th. And Sir GQ uh, congratulates his girlfriend, Sheena Hershey. Uh, she celebrates tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And then we have well, one uh, one nighting for today. That was uh, ah, Doggerty, right? Doggerty? That's... Uh, Doggerty. Doggerty. So if you... Oh, you already got your blade out. That's cool. Let me get mine. Hold on a second. Here we go. Brad Doherty, step forward, my friend.
my friend, with your donation today, you have upped yourself into that exclusive club known as the Knights and Dames of the No Agenda Roundtable. Thank you so much for providing the value in exchange for the value that we give you here, the best podcast in the universe. So I hereby pronounce the Sir Brad Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable for you, my friend. We have Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys and Chardonnay. We've got Geishas and Sake. We've got Wenches and Beer, Hot Pants and Brews, and Ruben S. Women with Rosé Wines here at the Knights Table. Which is round. Ruben S. Women and Rosé Wines. Now, if that doesn't entice you, I don't know what will. How many 12-12 nights do we have? Do we have any 12? We have like one or two 12-12 yeah, nights? about five. Mm-hmm. Now, we're getting closer to the 12-12 period, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll promote it more as we get closer. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's already pretty darn close in my book, I would say. Uh, well, there's also the other date. The end of the world date. Yeah, 12-21-21-12-21. Right. Um, I, I had a question for you, uh, uh, Jean-Claude, uh, being the uh, Wall Street uh, commodities expert that you are. The uh, I'm sorry, the CBOE, the uh, commodity exchange expert. Can you tell me what the price of sugar has done uh, since uh, uh, President Obama came to reign over this land? I don't know. Is there a way to look? Is there a place, yeah. Can you go to a place and tell me what... Because we've seen this consistent war on sugar. Uh, we've seen, uh, I mean, in many facets, right up to um, Mayor Bloomberg of Nueva Yorka, uh, that banning the uh, sale of large, ch- large sugary drinks, as he would call it, even though there's no sugar in them. That's, uh, that's essentially aspartame. Uh, have you... Uh, have you have, have the chart? <clears throat> no. No, I have nothing to do with it. <clears throat> I thought you would look at a chart. I'm asking you to look yeah, at a I'm chart. Yeah, I'm working on it now. I just <clears throat> had to boot another machine because I refuse. Oh, very good. Oh, I have a chart here. No, no, no. I have a chart here. Okay. Ah, well, then why are you asking me? Well, I, I just found one. Okay. Oh. Uh, when did uh, President Obama 2008. President? He became, uh, what, at the end of 2008, right? So he started 2009? No, he started 2000. When did he start? 2009. Uh, January, yeah. January 2000. Okay, so I have here the price of uh, sugar, U.S. cents per pound, uh, December 2008 was $11.32. A pound? Yeah, it says sugar monthly price U.S. cents per pound. Cents. Oh, the cents. uh, I'm sorry, $11.32, not not dollars. $11.32. And uh, right after that, it went up, and when you see the chart, it's quite interesting, uh, has gone all the way up to a high in March 2011 of 29.74. That is a trebling. Tripled. Tripled, tripled, more or less. And it has kind of stayed consistently at least double of what it was. Can we explain this? I mean, is this just because it's like gas and... It's just everything is doubled under Obama. Is that is that is that what, what I'm seeing here, or is there? Do you think there's anything behind it? I don't know. Because you got me befuddled by this. You you have some theory, and I'm just waiting for it. Well, um, I think I have a yeah. I think I do have a theory. I think that uh, it is. I don't know if it, how you would uh, manipulate a price of sugar, but obviously it's time for an alternative because this is the core ingredient of all things Gitmo. Uh, this is the core ingredient of, well, you know, all kinds of sugary drinks, for example. And well, it hasn't really been in the United States for years, the core ingredient. I mean, it's, let me ask you this, since you have this theory. 
I want to throw this in there, which is uh, since in the United States, mostly we, because of the subsidies and whatever, most of the sweeteners used in almost all the sweet sickening drinks, drinks, uh, if it's not aspartame, which is the diet drinks, it would be high fructose corn syrup. And could you imagine that there might be a new one on the horizon? Oh, I would hope so. Well, I've got one for you. And this you, main for, this one must is, is this one extracted from dung? No, huh. it all it's actually even better than that. It is called Senomix, S E N O M Y X. It this month just received the grass determination from the FDA that stands for generally recognized as safe. And it has also been approved by the uh, European Union. Uh, to be specific, Cenomex uh, announces the approval of its savory flavors, number S2383 flavor ingredient in the European Union. How, how do you spell that again? Because there's Ceno, I ended up with... Uh... Sierra Echo November Oscar Mike Yankee X-Ray. And here's the great thing about Cenomex. It is a, it's kind of like MSG. It does Ooh, not. Pepsi wants to use it right away. Yes. You're getting closer. It is made of DNA from aborted fetuses. <laughs> yes, yes we knew that's what they were up to all along. <laughs> and if you look into this. So <laughs> it's, Where did you get that? This has been going around for a while and it just got approved. But and. I never heard the aborted fetus yes, thing. It's ma- it, no. a, a fetus. Yes, it's a Dutch fetus. It's soil and green. It's people. It's <laughs> it is. People. It is. John, it is. It is. They So they um, they took DNA from, um, I think it's the liver or, no, wait a minute. Let me just say, the kidneys. Kidney of an aborted human embryo from 1972 and this, uh, it's the human embryonic kidney 293, known as HEK293. It's a specific cell line. And it, when, the, when this stuff is, in, is put into sugary or sweet foods, it makes your brain think that it's sweet, even though they've put less sucrose in it. So it is like MSG, where it is a drug tricking your brain into thinking that something's sweet. But really, it's not a sweetener, it is a drug very much like MSG made from this HEK293, which is the human embryonic kidney DNA. <laughs> I got you on that one, didn't I? Uh, now I get to look into this. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's, it's not funny. Uh, it's disgusting. Well, that too. So here's what I'm thinking. Sugar, I mean, everything, too much of anything is not good in general. But sugar is, of course, important. It's a source of energy. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to. Dr- I'd like the Mexican Coke if I have a Coke, which is not often. I will uh, if I can get a Mexican one, which is with real sugar. I will drink it. And sugar. Yeah, is- I, I prefer the Colombian Coke. <laughs> yeah, but you shouldn't be drinking that. But okay, you made it funny in the middle of my my. Now you've like distracted me. The central issue is central question. The central question is. Sugar is being taken out of your diet to make you weak, and they are replacing it. They are replacing it with kidney DNA of aborted fetuses. Enjoy that and have have a what pe- a ghoulish operation we run in this country. <laughs> yeah, and Pepsi is going to use it. Okay, 
So we're, since we're on this topic. And this yes, is the second Pepsi half of the show, some, but, uh, but this is pretty Pepsi pretty is going to use it, and Pepsi comes up in this conversation, too. Uh-huh. So I picked off a – you remember we talked about Proposition 37, which is a California proposition that will affect the whole country because it's a labeling proposition. Yes. And if you do it in California, you got to do it everywhere, and it just becomes worldwide. So this is important for all the listeners. So Prop 37 makes you have to – if something's got uh, – GMOs, it has to be labeled as such or whatever, which is almost everything we eat. Now, you remember the show? We did this about a month or a month and a half ago. I played a clip. I know I had the clip. <laughs> I'm sorry. The chat room was, I'm sorry. I forgot to eat my aborted kidney sugar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't, but you, you can listen to me. You're going to read the chat. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. I'm not reading the chat room. I'm listening to you. I'm with you. We had the clip of these two people arguing about Prop 37. This one guy says, went on about something, and the other guy says, ah, he says, yeah, well, that's not the way it works, and I would like to find some evidence that Monsanto yeah, has well, ever contributed a nickel to the no on 37 thing. He says that. We you had, remember that? Uh, I'm looking for the clip right now. I'd, I'd, li I, I, I'd yeah. love if you could find that clip. It's your gold. Do you you get, you, I'll pull my clip of the day and give it to you. How would you label that if, if you were going to label that clip? Would it be probably prop, prop 37 would be in there 37 asshole doctor or something like that. Okay, keep going while I look for that. Okay. So meanwhile, while you're looking for that, I I saw this ad against prop 37 which by the way begins with a false premise and I'll explain that after you play the ad which is no on 37 a clip. Okay, here we go. As a doctor, it concerns me when families are given misleading health information. That's why I urge you to vote no on Proposition 37. 37 proposes a food labeling requirement the American Medical Association called scientifically unjustified. Administering 37's complex regulations would waste millions of tax dollars that could be better spent on health programs. And 37 would increase grocery bills for California families. Please join me in voting no on 37. Thank you. So they have a bunch of stooges doing these ads all over California. And this one, she says, what bothers me is when people give misleading health information. Right. This is a labeling law. It's not giving information about anything except what's in a, in a can, right? Mm -hmm. Where's the misleading health information in this story? Okay, that's beside the point. The real point is at the very end of the ad, they play at one of those little blurbs they play, like when they sell cars, you know. The, yeah, the, a little, the, a little the, disclaimer. Like, uh, yeah, a little disclaimer. Yeah, you're, so I wrote it down. I stopped. The, I have an HD so you can see, read it. I can actually read it. Paid for no on 37, colon, coalition against a deceptive food labeling scheme. Sponsored by farmers, food processors, and grocers. Major funding by Monsanto, Monsanto. Company. <laughs> EI DuPont, Nemours, Bayer Crop Science, Bayer Crop Science, Syngenta Corporation, Grocery Manufacturers Association, GMA, and more and more of the following companies as, and, and more of the following companies as members, which includes, and I, I think these are the grocery manufacturer members. They just listed these companies. But again, Bumblebee, Bungie, Cargill, which my wife detest that company. Cardio? They've taken over the meatpacking of the world. Right. They're the ones that are causing the shutdown of small independent butchers. ConAgra, and by the way, which is a huge disaster. 
People should buy their meat on the hoof and take it to a butcher and, and demand they stay in business. ConAgra, General Mills, Hershey, Kellogg's, Kraft Foods, McCain Foods, Nestle's, PepsiCo, <laughs> Rich Products, Solal, S-O-L-A-E, never heard of them, LLC, and Smuckers. Those are your people. And Monsanto is at the top of the list. So how does that relate to uh, drinking uh, aborted kidney fetus, fetus kidney? Pepsi was listed. There you go. I wish I could find that clip. I, I can't. That's, yeah. I'm okay. Well, about, I'll see if I can find it. I'll look for that. it myself. Yeah. But it just it just bugged me that this guy says that. And there was no. And I, I did try to find it. I couldn't find it. And then this comes out. And there it is. By the way, so. Okay, go on. Well, so so I think that this is, uh, I feel this is more coordinated, and it seems, just listening to your en- entire uh, uh, monologue there, that it is, uh, that a lot of this is coordinated and set up. And to me, when you have the price of sugar, for no apparent reason, tripling, and, and, and by the way, on the day the president took office, this the price of sugar shoots up. And has never come down to anywhere near the level it was before he went in on the day. There must have been some. They must have the people. Everybody must have known about something that the president had agreed to and clo- behind closed doors. And all it's the and, only possibility. And we've only seen the war on sugar. We've had the whole. This, it's been a continuous war on sugar. We've been tracking it. If you go to search.noagenda or nashonos.com and do war on sugar, it's just tons of it. And here we go. Now approved, and, and just in the in the, the past week, in the European Union and in the United States, we have this Cenomix, and Pepsi's all over it, and it's made from uh, aborted fetus kidney. So, you know, and I and I think it's really go, you know you should just go eat a sugar cube right now because you're going to need it in time for a Halloween, <laughs> just in time for Halloween. <laughs> Why don't they skip the processing and just? Package have us uh, eat dead babies. <laughs> just, just package dead babies or uh, aborted fetus kidney. Can you imagine? We could just call them kidneys. <laughs> They're sweet and good for you. Have a kidney. I'm liking it. Hmm. Not good. No, but uh, keep your eye on that one because there's uh, something going on with that. We missed a big one, John, and this was on Thursday. No, the 19th. Oh, not, yeah. It was the 19th Thursday. We missed it. Well, we probably missed a few things. We, what, did we, what is this one? We missed going purple. Going purple. Oh, we, yeah. That, that never t- took off. It was going purple for Spirit Day. I I thought it was going purple for some other reason. No. here's I'm looking at whitehouse.gov. Um, oh, are they the ones behind it? Yeah, because well, I saw it on the Twitter feeds. I saw two people, a couple of people say, "Hey, change your icon to purple for some reason or other." There it is. Uh, so it's on the White House blog. The celebration to honor and support young people who have been victims of bullying. Right, is, right, right. And you, so you're supposed to, so you're supposed to wear colorful purple. gay purple, yes. so you won't get bullied. <laughs> It has, I'm reading from the blog post. It has become a day when people the world over rally for LGBT community and speak out against the bullying of LGBT teens. And this year, the White House is once again going purple online. You can check out. Do, 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 does anybody think that this is a, to gays? We have gay listeners. 
Isn't this kind of a disgusting stereotype, this purple thing? Yeah. I mean, oh, it's about gay, so let's go purple. And normally I mean, gay, come on. gay is pink. So it's kind well, of that. A- well, pink or purple, I don't care. Or mauve. <laughs> you know, lavender. I don't like, I mean, it's bull crap. Let's go lavender for gays. Lavender for lesbians, everybody. That, I think it's stereotyping. I think it's got everything. It's stereotyping. Yes, sir. Lavender for lesbians. That's something I could get behind, actually. Well, that's La- you. Lavender for lipstick lesbians. You can check our Twitter feed or our Facebook page to see how we're making the day Oh, marking the day and take part by making your social networking icon purple or adding a statement of support. <sighs> and you well, could, I didn't see this take off at no. all. You can go to stopbullying.gov. Have we ever looked at How about st- stopchangingyouriconcolor.gov? <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever been to stopbullying.gov? Have we ever checked this website out? It's, I'm sure uh, it's not an $18 million website. Go check it out. Hold on. It's not really responding. Uh, we've swamped the website, I think. Yeah, probably. Oh, you have to go off of it. You have to do www, otherwise it doesn't. What? Work. Yeah. What is bullying? Cyberbullying? Who's at risk? Prevent bullying. Respond to bullying. Oh, this is great. This is a great website. Assess bullying. Oh, we have. Do we have a test? Assessment such as assessments such as surveys can help schools determine the frequency and locations of bullying behavior. It's like ham radio operators; they can determine the frequency and locations of bullying behavior. Uh, hold on you a have second. the right equipment. <laughs> John, can you uh, can you assess the frequency? Do you have do you have the frequency and the uh, location? <laughs> you know what we got to do? We got to actually, you got to hook up your rig, uh, and I'll hook up my rig, and then I'll, I'll actually, I'll talk to you through the rig, and it'll come back through your microphone. How cool will that be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I got to look at that site later. There's too much going on there. Too much going on. So that wasn't the only celebration. Well, do we do we do we want to talk about the FEMA camps? Uh, what do you have something on the FEMA camps? Well, no, the FEMA it has this new ch- children brigade that they're putting together. Oh, really? And they just graduated their first class. Oh, really? I I I missed that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to find my link to it. Do you have a link on that somewhere? Uh, really? F- look, look up FEMA, FEMA FEMA volunteers or something like that. Volunteer graduation. Yeah. Do they have a prom? Uh, no, there's no dancing allowed. Federal government graduates first class of homeland youths. Oh! Yes, homeland youth. It's the, dun, 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 dun. It's the, it's the Hitler Jugend. Totally. Uh, let's see. First class of, 200 th- of 231 homeland youth kids, age 18 to 24, recruited from the president's AmeriCorps volunteers. Oh, this is great. <laughs> do they have? Do we have video? Welcome to the FEMA Corps inaugural class. Fantastic, John. Uh, but I, there's no video on it. Uh, no, there was actually there was one piece of video. I don't. I didn't clip it, but because it was pretty dull, of the guy thanking them for joining and how important it's going to be for them to carry on during disasters. And it's all part of Homeland Security's. I think it's called Civilian Corps, which is another one of these things. Oh, wow. Uh. Which is for older kids. <laughs> so you have something to aspire to. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is the this is totally the young communist uh, of, of Russia, the uh, Hitler Youth. Uh, only it's called the Napolitano Youth. I sent you a uh, a link of two signatures. Yes, and I have I put, I put them in the show notes under uh, uh, JCD clip, so people will be able to find it uh, easily. And it's a signature of uh, hold on a second uh, of uh, Arnie. Hold on, I have the video of the. Uh, Obama's youth. There you go. <laughs> hey, they're marching. They're happy. Do they sing? No, they're singing. They da dum da dum. Forward, forward with the bomb They should call him the Obama Youth. So, uh, so yeah, these two signatures. Now, tell me that these these aren't two signatures of what appear to be people with brain damage. Let Have me, you ever seen either prisoner signatures or people with brain damage signatures? Now, I mean, now they, hold on. Have you been watching a, a documentary or did you read a book or something about the signature analysis? Is it, this did, didn't come out of the blue. Yeah, I've yes. Okay. See, <laughs> it's a. Yes. I'm telling you, these are two signatures. These people have some mental issues, and they, they, people can go look at these signatures for themselves and tell me if you think these people are normal. Okay, I'm, Who, whose signatures are they? I'm. I'm going to tell you. First of all, I'm giving the chat room the link so that they can. Uh, um, I think this will work. There we go. The chat room gets the link so they can participate. So it's Arnie Duncan, Secretary of Education. And Janet Napolitano, Secretary of Obama Youth. And I'm looking at, uh, so Janet looks like her signature is almost like Jat. Jat and Pratton. That's kind of unless she Unless she's French, that signature is horrible. Yeah. But Arnie Duncan's looks like a 10-year-old did it. Yeah, it's kind of, it looks like a, like he's trying to draw a caricature of something. Like, of two waterheads? Are you looking and can at? you read either of those two signatures? I mean, and they're not stylish. It's not like they're jazzy signatures no. that you can't read. These are signatures that look like they're trying to write. I believe that neither one of them can write in cursive. So let's go to, let's cut to the chase here. Because you read a book, you've been, you saw a documentary, and you have clearly analyzed these two signatures. Is this from the book, or did you just grab these at random? Uh, and what have no? We, what I can saw we this on one of the documents. The Hitler, one of these Hitler, I'm sorry, uh, Obama youth <laughs> documents. They had signed off on this thing. These mm -hmm, two, mm -hmm. they have something to do with it. And uh, and I said, oh my god, these signatures are horrible. And then I referred back to my uh, expertise in signature analysis and decided that uh, I should mention it on the show. Okay, so so that's it. Well, could you just could you then summarize it by telling us what have you learned from the signature of Arnie Duncan and Janet Napolitano? They're two psychos. Okay. <laughs> but can you define what just like insane megalomaniacs? I, would, I wouldn't trust them in the in a dark room. Let's just put it. That you way. would not hire them, is what you're saying? Ever? No, I would never. No, no. no. If anyone had that, those two signatures, I would never hire them in a million years. And luckily, there's no law against that yet. Well, I look forward to the FEMA Region 6 Hitler Youth graduation. They'll probably have a, a prom, which consists of uh, dressing up in snappy uniforms, brown shirts with armbands, 
We need armbands. I've always thought the Obama logo would look terrific on an armband. So, of course, we're wrapping up a Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We still have, um, we have about 10 days left to go. And uh, we've been all over this. We've been very, very uh, um, pleased with um, how everyone is scaring business and consumers. Uh, I think the media has done a great job. And, of course, the commercial media has been doing this. But we, we also see that our uh, national treasure of public broadcasting... This is the one that uh, you know that that uh, that we want to save because they are completely, completely independent of anything, anything at all. D- don't watch the ads. Completely public, which means they're good. It's good food for you. They wrap up Cybersecurity Month with a fifteen-minute piece. I have uh, chopped it down into three small, small chunks. First, an introduction, which is basically a wrap-up of everything that has happened so far in Cybersecurity Month. We turn to a new cyber campaign against American banking giants and growing worries about what they might foreshadow. It began late last month and continues to this day. Two more U.S. banks are the latest targets in the spate of cyber hits on American... Cyber hits, John. Let me, I got to stop this one song. Cyber hits. They took out a hit, baby. It's a cyber hit. Oh, we're getting cyber hit. Oh, oh, oh. Financial institutions. This week, Capital One and BB&T suffered disruptions on their websites, leaving customers without access to their accounts. A group calling itself the Qasam Cyberfighters claim responsibility and said the attacks are in retaliation for an anti-Muslim video. Oh, really? Now, remember, this is, this is, they're summarizing the entire month. So, you know, of course, this was written in preparation for the celebration of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And they kind of threw that, that, that Muslim video thing in there just you know, for, for good measure. It's as if somebody paid... For the idea about the Muslim video, and they just want to get their money. <laughs> it's like, you it's know, like they went to a consultant. They came up with this bogus ROI? story. What's our ROI on this on this puppy? On yeah, this video? we got to mention it more. We got gypped on that. <laughs> we got gypped on that video, man. What's our return on investment? But some U.S. officials, like Connecticut Senator Joe Lieberman, blame the recent uptick of attacks on Iran and its elite security force. Elite security force. I just want to point out, it is the elite security force. This is PBS. This is a serious news organization reporting Joe Lieberman, who doesn't even say the word elite does not come into his mouth. They are calling it the elite cyber force. He spoke last month on C-SPAN. I think that this uh, was done by uh, Iran and the, and the Quds Force, which has its own developing cyber attack capacity. and Develop, uh, Developing cyber attack capacity. Oh, I'm hard. I believe. I believe. Uh, I believe. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a response to the uh, uh, increasingly strong economic sanctions. Also blamed on Iran, recent hits on Saudi Arabia's state oil company Aramco and Qatar's natural gas producer Rasgas that disabled 30,000 computers entirely. And Defense Secretary Leon Panetta warned last week that the threat to America's vital infrastructure throughout is rising. The collective result of these kinds of attacks could be a cyber Pearl Harbor. An attack. Okay. Now, I know lots now, of... What, what no, is no, no, different about this me, than what we've already played in the Pearl Harbor episode? Hold on a second. Just chill, okay? Just chill. 
Here's what's different. First of all, we're ahead of the game. We, I, by weeks. Thank you. So we played it. I, we played a significant amount of the cyber Pearl Harbor, uh, a cyber 9-11 attack. That's not on PBS, John. I know lots of people, smart people. He, my uncle. I know Uncle Don and Aunt Meg. They watch PBS. They're going to be sitting there going, damn, the Iranians, they're coming for us. They're cyber attack. They got elite troops. You know, these people, they, you know, they, you and I understand this type of thing. We have grown up in a different era where we have, we have grown up with the technology. We know what's bullcrap. We smell bullcrap a million miles away. Most people trust PBS. They trust it. And they're like, wow, we're under attack. This is very, very serious. We have the Secretary of Defense talking about a cyber pearl, a cyber 9-11, a cyber pearl harbor. Okay? So this is a big deal for this to be on PBS. These bullcrap lies. So the way I you didn't underwrite. I know you could code in pearl. The, uh, so Sorry. the way you under, uh, underscore this is by bringing on a couple of experts and then to have a conversation about it so we can really stick the knife in to get people to really, really believe in this crap. And for more, I'm joined by Michael Leiter, director of the National Counterterrorism Center from 2008 to 2011. This is the guy who uh, got kicked out because he made some sense, but he's really shilling. But that's not the guy I want to focus on. It's the other guy at the table. And Rodney Jaffe, senior vice president at Newstar, an information services company that provides cybersecurity for private and government clients. Now, really? It's a commercial. Okay. What's it called? New Star? New Star? Really? When okay. you go on, I'm going to mention something. I should have a disclaimer in here. Yes. I know Rodney Joffrey per personally. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you know him? I've known him for, I don't know, 20 years. In this in his cyber star capacity? He's always, he has run... Uh, you know, he's always got some other businesses. He's always in some. I think he's I don't a scammer. Know he's a scammer. <laughs> yeah, but he's a very knowledgeable scammer. Oh, no, he's no, not like a dumb guy. Well, hold on. This, a, this is very interesting because I was watching this guy. No, he's not dumb at all. But I was watching him sell. And he's I, a salesman. Oh, yeah. He's an ultimate salesman. And I literally said to myself, I should bring up on the show that the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group should be working with these guys because we could make... We could become hundred millionaires with just listen to the bull crap he's spouting. Listen to it. In 2009, he designed a scenario for a government exercise in how to defend against cyber attacks. <laughs> False flag is what he designed. So yeah, what I've, he, I've actually I know about all this stuff. Well, hold on. This is the danger. Well, first of all, Mr. Jaffe, banks have tried to defend themselves, yet they were really outgunned in this case. What does that tell you about the growing level of sophistication of these hackers? So as Michael has said, the banks really are the best prepared. Uh, that's where the money is. And so they've been working for many years, and uh, as a sector, they're very well prepared. What's different about this is that the people behind the attack, whoever that may be, were very, very knowledgeable about how the Internet worked. And so what they've been able to do is, on an almost day-by-day -day basis, overcome the defenses and sort of take an extra step forward. And so even though there was warning, in fact, almost all of the banks have had days or weeks of warning. They announced it, right? They, they announced it in, you know, in, in a public post, even though that was in place. It was very difficult for the banks to defend themselves. Now, so he 
First of all, he's lying because it is not very, very difficult. It's a denial of service attack. And there's, if you're working with your ISP and you're working with a, a number of different entities, there are many ways to circumvent a denial of service attack, specifically if it is announced ahead of time. But that's not in the bank's interest, you see. And that's not anyone's interest because we need to have all kinds of money-making schemes of which your friend Joffrey, Joffy, Jokey, he's a part of it. And I would like to recommend, John, that you give him a call. I think I will. And tell him that the we Curry, can use the money. Curry Devorak Consulting Group is extremely interested in working with the, uh, what was it, White Star, Cyber Star? I never heard of him. Star, uh, I, I Death Star. You, every time he goes to some new company, I usually get a call. I, 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 we want to work with this Death Star computing company. <laughs> Death Star computing, that's us. <laughs> because we can make a, a killing on this stuff. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, this and this is funny. Now you'll you'll hear in this. This is so much a commercial that the guy who used to be the uh, cyber intelligence director he messes up the promotion. Oh no! And the PBS woman helps him out. Well, which of America's adversaries? out there, Michael Leiter, have this technological know-how or on the verge of it, of being able to mount systemic attack? Now, this is a very easy question. She's setting him up. It's a set- yeah. Can you see the alley-oop Underhand coming? softball. It's an alley-oop. All he has to do is, is just jump on the trampoline and tap it in. So, can he do it? I mean, is it countries like Russia, China, or Iran? Is it? She's giving him the answers. Is it criminal elements? Is it? <laughs> what is the, the correct answer? Well, it's all of the above, obviously. That's the correct answer. That's the that's the slam dunk. Jihadis who? I'll start with ones who are actually not that great, and that's terrorist groups. Although they have some capability, they're not the strongest in this regard. Um, the next is organized crime. And organized crime, largely out of Russia, has really incredible sophistication. And that then links to the state threats. And by far the most able in that regard are China, which has been identified as a serious national security policy of using cyber terrorism or cyber theft and Russia. The other issue we face is that those hackers are also being rented out by states and by others. Oh, 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 oh. What has happened here, John? What has happened? It seems like the guy went off the track and failed to mention Iran. So we have uh, an alignment of interest here among some states and some organized criminals, which makes this threat that much more difficult to defeat. And you didn't mention Iran. Uh, I didn't mention Iran, and I should have, so thank you. (laughs) He didn't mention Iran because he knows that there's no threat from them. Right, but then he said, but thank you. He, unfortunately, was telling what he knew, and then, oh, I forgot about the script. I I forgot the script. Listen. Um, The CEO of PNC Bank, one of those banks that was uh, attacked over the past couple of weeks, Blamed hackers in Iran for this most recent attack. <laughs> he forgot the script. <laughs> but she's so helpful. But yeah. you, uh, um, hey, uh, douchebag. Yeah. Because, of course, she's getting in her ear. She's getting like, tell me about Iran. You forgot Iran. It's the most important country. Tell me about Iran. Uh, you know, you forgot uh, Iran. That's pretty funny. That's a good catch. That would be a clip of the day. No, we, we, we can't have two clips of the day. You are yeah, I know. We, and on this show, we probably have opportunities for 10. Uh, but can you call Joffy? 
Yeah, I'll call is his Joffy. name Joffy or, Joffy or Jaffy? What's his name? It's Joffy, as Joffy. far as I remember. You should just say, hey. Hey, man. Hey, man. You're making <laughs> money again. How you doing, man? You're making some dough over there. You're making some bank. We need some uh, We need some of it. So I, I do have a clip that I want to play. Sure. Uh, which is that just I'll set it up first. It's, it's the clip is drones on SVU. So I'm wondering what's going on. Which is, you know, Law and Order has been kind of killed, and there's you've got the one lousy SVU show left, and they're bringing in some of the old hacks from some of the other shows. And so they brought in this woman from uh, Special Victims Unit who used to be partners with D'Onofrio, and they couldn't. They made some some comments about that. And she's in some woman's face who's a, a domestic terrorist, but actually she came over, she like is a Palestinian or something. I, I only caught the end of the show, but all I needed to catch was the end of the show because there was this very interesting little tirade that it's hard to understand because the acting is again mediocre and you, and this woman's putting on some Middle Eastern accent that I've never heard before. She sounds like anything but someone from the Middle East. And But there's a message here that I said, whoa, this is coming off of NBC. This is weird. Don't you think they should understand? Don't you want them to understand? My father was a doctor. A drone struck some people near where we lived. <laughs> My father went to help to tend the wounded. He was not a fighter. He was trying to save lives. Stop the bleeding. The double tap. And then... Another drone hit. Your government targets the rescuers. It is standard policy. father he was blown into pieces we buried the ones we could find so you came here this is where the drones came from okay first of all wow <laughs> This is the drone double tap that everyone's been talking about. And these shows, they're produced. Yeah, now it's on television. But they're produced and written months, if not sometimes a year in advance. And now they time it out so we have the drone double tap right when everyone's talking about the drone double tap? Wow. Yeah, isn't that odd? No, 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 no. The drone again. Naturally. No, no, no. It's not, it's not odd. It's just all part of a drone again. Naturally. Have you been singing the song, John? Have you been singing it? Actually, luckily, I got it out of my system because it sounds like a Beatles song, which my brain rejects. It's not a Beatles song. It's Gilbert O'Sullivan. A drone again. Naturally, you'll be that singing sounds Beatles it. to me. And every single time you sing the song, every single time you sing the song, you have to think, I have to donate to I No Agenda. I have to donate. A drone again. Donate now. Wow, good one. Yeah, I don't know what the message is there. I mean, I think it's obviously it is planted and wow. uh, it's uh, wow, educational. Wow. No, and they true. tried it. It's funny. The whole clip when it goes on, it they it's just weird. It was a weird, very weird clip and very weird show.
well, that's very uh, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think where to go with this. I mean, there's something going on in your neck of the woods. It's kind of a it's a long clip. It's like two minutes, uh, but it's about drones in San Francisco. Are you interested? Yeah, uh, why not? Oh, there goes one now. <laughs> Used in military combat, but now aerial drones are being considered by local law enforcement. Why? As a cost way to use technology to fight crime and save lives. NBC oh, Barry and Stephanie Trong is save lives. live in Oakland with the details. And Stephanie, there are fears that the use of these drones could be an invasion of privacy. Now, you have to know, so she is standing in the parking lot of Oakland Airport, <laughs> which makes no sense. And Janelle, that's right, concerns over privacy and civil rights. Now, the Alameda County Sheriff's Office is the one bringing this idea up, and I have to say it is very preliminary at this point. But here is a picture uh, of a drone that they tested just two months ago, that the office tested two months ago. Uh, a handful of law enforcement agencies in the country uh, have gotten federal approval to use these drones, and if Alameda County Sheriff's Office does so, it would be the first in California. You'd be able to see what the drone is seeing as it's flying. At four pounds and four feet wide, this drone gets a bird's eye view that tactical officers on the ground are often blind to. It could save, save lives. In this demonstration at the county's Office of Emergency Services building in Dublin, it's a man standing in the shadows on a rooftop, three possible explosives in his reach. Near priceless. It's uh, very valuable to any type. Yeah, keep listening because there's some important information. Keep listening because I'm going to give you a website in a minute. The officer, as you're uh, setting up your perimeters and knowing what the what the suspect may have in his hands, how the suspect is dressed, what what are the avenues of escape. Alameda County Sheriff Greg Ahern says his office would only use the drone during emergencies. Pursuing a suspect on foot or pursuing a vehicle uh, in an area or search and rescue or disaster. And for proactive policing, like catching marijuana fields on public lands. <laughs> they do have infrared <laughs> capacity. And in grow houses. <laughs> one of the most valuable assets, a live video feed. You'll be able to see what the drone is seeing as it's flying. But not everyone's a fan. The ACLU wants drones only deployed when there's a warrant and is worried they might hurt privacy and people. Quote, drone manufacturers are also considering offering police the option of arming these remote-controlled aircraft with weapons like rubber bullets, tasers, and tear gas. <laughs> Sheriff Ahern says an armed drone is out of the question. Here it comes. Adding local agencies need to capitalize on innovation. I think it is a no-brainer. Here comes. And in two weeks, the Alameda County Sheriff's Office is hosting Urban Shield. That's a preparedness exercise involving about 30 local law enforcement agencies. And they will be testing out a couple of drones to see uh, how they do in real-life situations. Okay. Now, go to urbanshield.org. Okay. Because this is now taking place in your town, urbanshield.org. And you will see, once you've looked at it, that this Urban Shield... Which is, uh, they're going to have these, it's basically going to be flying Ooh, drones. I can be a volunteer. Yes, you can. This is a military industrial complex sales show. Oh, yeah. Look at it. Urban Shield 2012, title sponsor, 5.11 tactical series. You see the, the banner? Click on the 5, go to 511tactical.com. I don't see that. It's a huge banner right, right in the right. How can you miss it? I don't have that banner. Okay, you go to urbanshield.org. Oh, this one, yeah. I got it's the it's huge title sponsor. Look at it. Look at five eleven. 
always be ready. <laughs> look at look at what they Anyone got. Anyone who has a pair will tell you how great they are. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a sales show. They're going to be buy t- any two Tactolite Pro pants or shorts. <laughs> Yeah, but this is but just look at and receive a free a free ATAC A1 flashlight. Look at the four ninety five value. But go to the vendors promo code. Have a pair. (laughs) Go to go to the go back to UrbanShield.org and go to sponsor registration. uh, I'm sorry. What is it? The vendor show. It's it's a vendor show. I mean the whole thing. The whole thing is. it's just to sell crap to police stations. Yeah. yeah, because they got all this extra money from Homeland Security. They got to yes. spend it somewhere. Yes. It's unbelievable. This is so disgusting. And look, I got to go to this. Well, it's, it's going to be over your head, man. I want to see what the Hazmaster G3 actually does. <laughs> Where do you see that? The Hazmaster G3 is a product of Alluvium. Where's that? It's on the list of the vendors. Oh, let me check. I, I clicked on the vendors. I got Adamson Police Products, Aplanix, the Alluvium, <laughs> Athenix. It's a San Diego-based woman-owned surveillance and incident management custom solution provider. How about Black Diamond Tactical? ATK Blackhawk, established <laughs> market leader in sporting and law enforcement ammunition. Avon Protection, Black Diamond Tactical. There's there's 20 pages of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the end and see what we got. The Ed Jones Company. Oh, a company that makes badges. Yeah. <laughs> Cisco is in there, too. Cobalt. Cult law enforcement. This is huge. This will be fun. Yeah, you should go. You can I'm be getting a, a press pass and going to this. You can be a, it, where is it? You can be a volunteer. It's uh, it's all over. Screw that. You can be a volunteer. Come on, be a volunteer. I don't want to be a volunteer. I'm just going to go take some photos and leave. Okay. October 26th. Yeah, urban shields can full scale regional. That's our birthday. You can celebrate our birthday with a drone. Maybe there, is there going to be an exhibition or what? I can't find figure this out. Is isn't this awesome? Good catch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just uh, as we wrap it up here, uh, let's check in with uh, one of our favorite elites and let's see what is going on in the world of Hillary Clinton, better known as Lucifer Clippity Clop. The message is clear. <laughs> Where could she be? Where's she going? All right. Happy Friday. I know that Matt has a date this afternoon, so we will get right to it. <laughs> I, uh, Toner's got a really big mouth. He does. He does. I love Toner's big mouth. They have so much fun there at the State Department. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have a couple of things at the top. Uh, As uh, most of you know, the secretary is traveling to northern Haiti on Monday, October 22nd. Oh, this is hotel. What could she be doing in northern Haiti? The site of the hotel in northern Haiti where there's nobody. She clearly must be, uh, let me think, uh, she must be uh, uh, visiting with the people, the 300,000 people who are still in tents eating dirt cakes, uh, who have cholera. check. Who have cholera. check. Who have cholera and elephant, and elephantitis. This is her 
first trip to the north of Haiti. She will be delivering uh, remarks on a new day in Haiti at the formal opening of the Caracol Industrial Park. Oh, we're going to see how the slaves are doing. We've got our little industrial park there. Okay, that's one. Which showcases the region's achievements in agribusiness, energy, light manufacturing, tourism, and artisan crafts. Artisan crafts, John. Artisan crafts. I got to go there. <laughs> she will be hanging out with some basket weavers. She'll also be visiting a nearby housing site, which is under construction, and a recently mm. completed power plant. Oh. Uh, while there, she'll meet with President Martelli, Prime Minister Lamont, uh, local officials, and she will be accompanied by Secretary of Labor uh, Hilda Solis. Yes, to get the little slaves working. You know, they're black slaves, which is even better. Yeah, makes more sense. What a horrible, horrible, horrible bunch of elitist pricks these people are. Yeah, she's going to go check the hotel site and uh, look at some artists and crafts. So, so I can already see the package, right? She'll she like, bring back some key fobs <laughs> made by the locals. <laughs> you can just see her sitting there with like someone who's made a pot. It's so wonderful. <laughs> you know, who's, who's a clay pot. A pot. pot Fired and made from dung. <laughs> people, there are still over 300,000 people in Haiti living in tents, eating dirt cakes. They have elephantitis and cholera. Okay? Do not be fooled by this. This is funny. Well, not funny. It's sick. Yeah, this is actually... It's, it's, uh, it's actually going on. I, I only have one last clip. My ongoing pet peeve is what that is. Yes, it, and it's a good one, by the way. So I think you should stay with it. I will. Because yeah, I mean, it's so easy. <sighs> it's not easy. It, it hurts me. It always no, I mean, hurts I'm me. I'm talking about easy to find this because this, they, they like to throw it in your face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. True, 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 true. So I got, there's, a, I don't know if anybody knows, or our media doesn't talk about it, but the Peruvian medical establishment in Peru has been on strike for five months. Oh, really? Yeah, their doctors have all given up. And I was thinking, I was listening to this report on the Peruvian doctors on strike that was on one of the, I think it may have been on, on China. Whatever the case, uh, I, I was thinking, well, with the kind of pay that, this is where, this is, a, I don't want to say Obamacare is going to lead to this, but. And it doesn't seem to happen in a lot of places. But I think these doctors are slightly – I mean, this is a, a vibrant economy that's part of the world trade and the rest of it. I think the doctors in Peru are being slightly underpaid. With striking doctors who are demanding higher salaries. The government is under pressure as the walkout of 11,000 doctors enters its fifth week. CCTV's week. Dan Collins reports from Lima. This square in the capital centre was a sea of white as hundreds of doctors took to the streets. The government is to blame, they say, for their dismal wages, despite having a record fiscal surplus. For more than a decade now, Peru has been growing. It's the most dynamic economy in the region. But in all that time, these doctors say they've never received a pay rise. Working in the public sector, doctors' wages start at around $300 a month. Even the most senior physicians earn little more than $1,500. I left university 12 years ago and I haven't had a single pay rise. We can't live like this anymore. Many of our colleagues are parents and this salary which the state pays us is not enough to make ends meet. Seems low. 
What I like about this clip is they have a, they've they've put the standard Peruvian drum beat under it. Whenever you have something in Peru, it's like you know what I mean. It's kind to to give it some authenticity. You know what, actually, the more interesting thing because they showed that there's a lot of street scenes and people yelling and screaming. And I mentioned this before that when I was in Spain and I was uh, went. To, to an area where there was a protest, they were all blowing police whistles, making this huge racket. Yeah, we have discussed this, yes. Well, in Peru, you heard these horns honking. They sound like vuvuzelas or whatever those crazy long <laughs> things are. Yeah, kind of like... A- they sound like that only with a higher pitch. Yeah. It's a little device. I've never seen it before, and any of our listeners who has access to this, I want one for the show. It's a little handheld device that looks like a, a, a looks like a box, like a rectangular box about the size of your fist. Mm-hmm. And and it's got a horn sticking out of the top of it, a little bitty horn, a little plastic horn. And there's a little thing you pull on. You pull and push. It's like a pump. And you sit there and you pump this thing, and it makes this outrageously loud sound similar to those little uh, air horns you can buy that, that, you know, little bitty ones you can buy that sound like a horn from a boat you use on when you're boating. Hmm. It sounds like that, but it's just a pumping thing. It's really cool. And that's only in Peru? I've never seen this anywhere. I've never, when I saw the device, I said, holy crap, what is that? Huh. There's a really cool little device. And you just pull and push and pull and push and it makes, it just makes a bunch of racket. I'm not sure what it's called. Hmm. Interesting. I knew some Peruvians, I'll ask them. Someone will, someone will come up with that. I mean, they'd be using these in Spain for I sure. Like if they could I like get it. Them. No, I like it. I like it. Very cool. Well, let me wrap it up then with uh, a fine piece of uh, pharmaceutical advertising. How's that? How's that sound? All right, then we're good. Because uh, of course, you know, we have been talking quite a bit about uh, the brazen nature of pushing Adderall and Ritalin and and other groovy little things onto our children. So NBC had this big report. And it was all about uh, Adderall. And um, they highlighted this one kid who went to Columbia. Well, actually, I'll, here's the setup, and uh, I'll take you through. This is basically kind of like one of those uh, narratives uh, that you did with, uh, with Japan. Uh, listen to what they tell you and what the payoff is of this report. And welcome to Rock Center. And we begin tonight with a story of interest to families all across this country because right now in dorm rooms and bedrooms all across this country, there are students going about their work under the influence of prescription medications like Adderall and Ritalin with the goal of doing better in school. Now, these drugs make a big difference for those with attention deficit disorders. But then there are the others who choose to take them illegally, hoping for sharper focus and better grades. Tonight, Kate Snow starts us off by introducing us to a young man who thought he'd discovered a medicinal shortcut to success. Okay, so now, uh, right now, we're already set up to think, hey, that sounds kind of interesting. A shortcut to success, okay. It was exam time at one of the nation's most prestigious schools, Columbia University in New York, and the pressure was on. 20-page papers, all kinds of revisions, presentations, six classes. There's a lot of stuff that needs to get done. Stefan Perez was powering through (laughs) the usual way. Two, three days, I'm up straight. No sleep. All the way through the night. And how are you doing that? Adderall. 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 It's a drug we've all heard about, widely prescribed for attention deficit disorders. 
But this isn't a story about ADHD. It's a story of an ambitious student and many, many more who have misused Adderall to get an edge. Deanson Parker is a New York neuropsychologist. She says Stefan is like a lot of ambitious kids in high school and college who misuse attention deficit medications like Adderall to perform better academically. There is a basic belief in the value that getting ahead beats everything. And you can do anything to get ahead, it's okay. So it's not perceived as cheating, although I would argue it is. Okay, so now what, what, what is the information that they're giving us right now? Yeah, I actually saw this too. Uh, the information is use Adderall, you get better grades. Okay. Uh, but just don't get caught selling it. Right. Well, is, do you have to blow like the whole thing or should I, should I take, take it in sequence? Because the most important part is next, which is um, how do you get a hold of it? Only for the test. Why right. don't kids think this is a big deal? I mean, this is a, a controlled substance. Because you're doing very well when you're taking it most of the time. I've never heard anyone say, I took Adderall and did terrible on my exam. <laughs> I love that. That's the best line of the whole piece. I never heard anyone say, I took Adderall and I did poorly on the exam. It's like an academic steroid. You know? I was just thinking that. It's like taking steroids in sports. Barry Bonds in the library. Absolutely. Barry Bonds in the library. And before yeah, a long, lot of memes there. It was good. Stefan says he wanted ready access to his own supply. So I asked my friend, I said, how'd you get that prescription? He said, oh, go to, you know, psychological health services. Wait, on campus, on, on Columbia's campus? campus? Yeah. He said, you know, tell them that you're having, you know, trouble studying, focusing. They'll ask you a couple questions, and you'll get a prescription like that. They give it out like it's candy. All it took, he says, was a meeting with a psychologist at student health services in this building who asked him to fill out a simple questionnaire. On campus. He also met with a psychiatrist. He says it was just 10 minutes. The doctor asked him if he'd ever taken Adderall. I thought, is this a trick question? I said, you know what, yeah. A friend gave me one of his pills from his prescription. I took it, and it made me very productive. I really liked how it helped me. Is it perfect? This is, I think, the right prescription for you. Um, <laughs> Hold on. He didn't say, well, you really shouldn't have taken someone else's Another. prescription. That's really not medically advisable. Right. He walked out prescription in hand. Because he was over 18, no one notified his parents. We asked Columbia for an interview. The university declined to comment on this case, but in a statement said its student health service uses a detailed clinical protocol for evaluation of ADHD and related conditions and takes a holistic approach toward treatment for ADHD, <laughs> including short-term counseling. Okay, so so here's what we're learning in this report, is if you want it, all you have to do is go to the doctor on campus and say, uh, you know, I've, I've tried it once, and it really worked for me, and they'll give it to you. So you go through this whole report, and the thing is 10 or 15 minutes, and, of course, you expect, as any normal human being and a parent, you expect the end will be, well, you know, it's addictive, it's like cocaine, um, you know, you, you can get strung out on this stuff, there's hard crashing, uh, and some of that is, uh, is peppered throughout the report. But really, the end result is that this guy, he got so good that he was now, he was now selling some of his Adderall for $30 a pill. And uh, and the the payoff the the big thing about the report is Adderall is great. 
You'll do fantastic on it. You can get it right from the doctor on campus. But don't you dare sell that illegally without going through us, slave! It was an explosive bang that Which, was followed by this red battering ram that knocked my door down. No, I just completely cracked it, knocked it open. I was like, whoa. It was an early morning raid. Stefan was caught up in a drug bust. The NYPD's Operation Ivy League, a five-month undercover investigation. Stefan was charged with selling Adderall. He was shocked to find himself locked up with four other Columbia students who were arrested for dealing drugs like ecstasy, marijuana, and cocaine. This is a true ring of drug dealers and pushers completely legal telling you we've got the goods the goods are great you can use them you're going to be fantastic you'll get ahead we'll make it affordable easy and don't you dare don't you dare step on our turf and try to sell that yourself well, this story is somewhat bogative from the perspective that if you're a student on Columbia and you just waltz in and, and get a prescription from the uh, from the uh, psychiatric services so easily, why wouldn't all the students do that instead of buying any from him at three times the cost? What do you think the commercial's about? The commercial is exactly that. They want yeah, more no, people to do saying. that. That's what I'm saying. That's why the whole thing is so – It's a. I actually saw this and I wasn't going to clip it because I just thought it was a little over-the-top bull crap. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue any of the points. I just didn't think, you know, it was a big shock to anybody that this sort of bullcrap goes on. No, no. I think it's shocking that no one – I guess what it was to me, John, is that this is your news. Your news is selling drugs to your kids. And that's why you need to not only listen to but support the best podcast in the it's impossible to argue with that. And, and as you run the little theme at the end, I want to point out something. If you want to go to Dvorak.org slash blog and look at the uh, – you see this list. It comes out every year. These are the top uh, suppressed news stories. According oh, to this one group, right? Yep. The top ten, all covered to an extreme on the No Agenda show. Uh, number one story, by the way, was signs of an emerging police state. Uh, number four, for example, is FBI agents responsible for a majority of terrorist plots. Uh, number eight, for example, NATO war crimes in Libya. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a list of the stories we commonly do. And, you know, the fact all they're doing is pointing out the obvious. And I think people don't need to be told this. You're getting no news anyplace anymore. And that, I guess, is why we're still on the air for as long as it lasts. Yeah, well, at some point they'll. Yeah, yeah. Somebody right. will notice one of the, one when one of these supposed no agenda listeners actually listens in the government. <laughs> they're gonna go, who are these idiots? I think we uh, we better get us some uh, some of those uh, FEMA Homeland Youth uh, uniforms so we can. I think we should join the Homeland so, Youth so we can blend in. <laughs> blend in. We have, we have visited you a hundred percent. Can you just see like all these kids and then there's Adam and John like. <laughs> <laughs> With our little armbands. <laughs> that is good armband. Very, very stylish. Yeah, Fritz is very good. <laughs> your name is your name is Johannes. Johannes, and my name Johannes is Johannes and and Adamus. <laughs> Adolf and Johannes. No, I'll be Adolf. Adolf. Adolf good and name. Adolf. Good name. Adolf and Johannes here. We have a reporting for duty. 
for the FEMA Region 6 Homeland Youth Security Call. <sighs> wow, 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 wow. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are now off to uh, rest up and charge up and get ready for our show on Thursday. Hope you will join you then, or join us then. Coming to you here from the uh, capital of the Drone Star State. Uh, that's uh, Austin, Texas. I am still suffering from disruptive mood dysregulation disorder in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I have a bell. I'm John C. Dvorak. The No Agenda producer update is coming up next on the stream. Stay tuned for that. And No Agenda will be back on Thursday. No agenda for the future. No agenda for, for America. No agenda for the second term. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.